Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be a video about the latest quarterly update from Diablo 4, talking about some significant things with the Paragon system and others. And what I want to do is comb through that, but also ask the question, is this game launching? It's one of the ones that people are concerned about in light of all of the Blizzard Activision goings on. If you missed the live stream, remember that this front part is the the meat. It's the quick little four-minute summary of everything that we'll be discussing, and the rest of the stream, about a three-hour-long stream, is the sort of daily talk show that we do, so make sure and hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these streams. This is an SNTR update. Diablo 4 took to their quarterly update to talk about significant things with the Paragon system and the loot, and we have some of the more select choices in this video for you. Also asking the question, is this game even going to launch? Is it in danger of launching? If you like these SNTR updates, hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my uploads, or check out my channel where I streamed it live, SNTR gaming so one of the quotes from the game director joe shelley really stood out by saying we've made big strides with every build of the game containing a host of expanded content new art balance changes and other iterations in fact the team is currently play testing an internal release of the game that represents a significant milestone so those asking the question that hey is this game going to launch? They seem to be indicating it is still going to launch and they've just reached a significant milestone. So, from Games Radar, they talked about targeted farming. So, if you've ever played a game like this and you want to get particular items, it is important to have, you know, the ability to target farm. And this is what they said in the Games Radar article. Speaking of specific items, while Diablo 4 is working to quote place a stronger emphasis on character power as opposed to gear-based power, it's also improving the gearing process by making making specific items easier to acquire. Simply put, different enemies and monsters will be more likely to drop certain item types, letting you farm them to more reliably acquire certain pieces. Uh, They offered an example, quote, While bandits are fond of maces, crossbows, and boots, if you're hunting for a new pair of pants, you'll do well to kill some of the drowned instead. So this is going to give you the ability to say, Hey, we're, we, if you want a certain item, you're not just going to hope it drops. You can target particular enemies by, by trying to get one. Now, some of the community on the Reddit posts were disappointed that the Paragon system was returning and PC Gamer had good details about how the Paragon system will work in Diablo 4. Quote, Once players hit level 50 in Diablo 4, they will gain access to the Paragon board, which uses digital tiles to enable very specific power boosts and character customization. The process begins at the center of the board and radiates outward across normal, magic, rare, and legendary tiles. Each one earned will give your character a boost of some sort, from the very basic to the extremely powerful. Some tiles are sockets for glyphs found throughout the game that confer different benefits when inserted into the board. Glyphs can also be leveled up, enabling them to become even more powerful. Eventually, you will reach the edge of the Paragon board, and that's not the end of the process. Instead, you find a gate tile, and it's a specific kind of tile that unlocks and connects to other Paragon boards, each with a unique layout and new magical rare legendary titles. So, some are speculating, is this Paragon system than an ongoing thing is it open-ended can you just keep adding boards is this something that they plan on expanding in the future being like okay now that you've reached your paragon board number 10 beyond that's going to be something else like different boards different expertises different glyphs or 
whatever. Now, some people didn't like seeing this on there, and others thought that it looked very promising for basically endless play. Some of the language that they used was it was going to help for always making a playthrough feel fresh, which might make you think maybe it's not open-ended and ongoing. Fundamentally, I'm still asking the question, will this game actually launch in light of everything that has happened at Blizzard Activision? Diablo is a beloved title and Diablo 3 exceptionally turned the ongoing live service loot corner with their Loot 2.0 system and if that is incorporated in Diablo 4 it stands to be a very, very successful addition to the franchise. Only time will tell, but for now, they've hit a significant milestone and they seem to have made great strides for their Paragon system. As always, if you like these SNTR updates, try to catch me live on SNTR Gaming or hit subscribe and the bell button and I'll see you in the next video. And I'll see the rest of you right now. Good afternoon. Thanks for continuing to hang out with us. If you came over from the live redirect, if you didn't come from the live redirect and it's you're just starting with me for the day, we did speak this morning about the New World DMCA strikes that are happening. And uh, I basically concluded it was a bit of an overreach and that, you know, videos containing exploits don't seem to be against the content usage policy of Amazon Games. And now we are talking about Diablo 4, which is one of the more anticipated games, even though we don't really have uh, a date. Um, yeah, the, the, the Paragon board actually looks pretty interesting, uh, I think. Um, it, it, it is... The, the yeah the rotating and deciding like which boards you want to interact with and expands to uh, I found to be pretty interesting like is it just going to be like this eternally ongoing thing um, or or is it going to be something that eventually you just hit a wall and it's like no you've you've done um, enough you've done enough so let, let's let's do a poll let's do a poll Diablo four do you think it will launch right. Do you think it will launch? Just yes or no. Yes or no. There are people that think both Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are in peril and that they are uh, they are unlikely to launch. And we want to hear from you and what you think uh, on this uh, on this matter. So, I for one um, really enjoy like. Diablo 4 gameplay looks incredible, but Diablo 3, like the seasonal gameplay and the seasonal model, uh, has clearly influenced No Man's Sky, and I personally really enjoyed the seasonal play with my wife. The only thing I got frustrated by was once you get so far in the seasonal sort of like chapters and achievements or whatever, you you tend to, I think, get a little, I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say overwhelmed. There's a sudden shift in focus to like doing things solo and solo play which doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, a game that is, you know, multiplayer and great with friends and, you know, you're, I'm playing couch co-op with my wife and then suddenly we're faced with a bunch of things that we can't do together. I, I'm not a fan of that uh, at all. I think Diablo 4 will be fine or launch. Overwatch 2 is the one that seems to be uh, not so great. Launch as in, like, they'll actually release it and launch it as opposed to canceling the game. Like... Wheezy's saying that, like, Overwatch 2, you know, mm, might not even launch. You know, there's people that think that. There, there, there's, there's reports, there's potential actual, you know, reasons to think that that game might be in trouble. Um, I didn't take enough notes on this blend this morning. It's really smooth, but I'll have to ask about my wife what she thought. It's smooth, but not 
It's not like a memorable flavor. I'll have to try it again with maybe a little less cream or my cream I might have been I might have put too much in. Will it be released? Sure. Will it actually get off the ground successfully? Probably not. So you think you think, Eugene, that Diablo 4 release the release date's going to happen, but there, it's going to be a, it's going to be in a shambles. The game's going to be bad, basically. Like it's not going to get off the ground. It's going to be, uh, it's going to fail. Um, the main reason that I think if it releases that that won't be the result is they have learned so much and influenced the market significantly with Diablo 3 and the Loot 2.0 system and the seasonal character system. I, I don't, I, I, I think Diablo 4. It, it, I think it will launch. I do. I think based on what they said that they're playtesting right now a version of the game that is a significant milestone. I think that combined with the fact that they know and have mastered the ongoing live service format, I actually think it'll be fine. I think it'll be very successful. I don't think it launches until late 2023 or beyond. I don't think it's anytime soon. I can't imagine any game coming from Blizzard within the next few years being any good. The question would be, Eugene, has there been disruption of the team working on this? If there hasn't been any disruption, sure, the headlines are really unpleasant and probably makes it not so great to work there. Um, the studio's in shambles. Okay, but Blizzard Activision... Okay, who's act? What 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 part of the company is actively working on Diablo Four, and are they suffering loss and restructuring and firings? That's what I would want to look at. Like, what portion of Blizzard Activision is working on Diablo Four? Diablo Four has lost people. Okay, well then, yeah, that could that could mean that the game's quality will suffer. And that it will launch and have fractures and cracks that could that will damage it and could, you know. If we know one thing, if we know one thing, it's that when they commit to bettering a game, they can do it. With Diablo 3, took what? A decade to get where it is now. It, it took a super long time. Diablo 4 game director and two... Other high-profile devs are gone. Really. Thought Weezy posted articles a while back about all the experienced Diablo teams losing people. Yeah, that's worrying. That that's worrying. So maybe my question is 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 a pretty good one. Like, will this game even launch, or like, is it going to stumble out into the public as like a minimum viable product? and just be in an absolute shambles like will it be like a Frankenstein patchwork game delivery you know they've had some serious turnover in the team so it's definitely going to be a while to launch because the direction of the game hasn't been consistent yeah I remember reading that report there was a time where Diablo 4 gameplay was gonna be third person like action adventure do you guys remember that they completely jettisoned that idea like they were going to actually completely reinvent the uh they were going to reinvent it like re kind of reinvent the game to a certain degree and then they canned the whole thing and started over can we pre-order it right even if Diablo 4 development hasn't been affected they probably know it's not a good idea to release unless they build back trust and goodwill 
I gotta tell you, the lion's share of the people that are waiting for Diablo 4 and would purchase it, they don't care about the headlines. That's that's an unsettling thing to think, but it's true. I want you to consider the absolute just groundswell of people out there that buy and play these games, and I want you to compare that to the informed consumers that have been reading the articles and play, you know on Twitter and Reddit, and they're all incensed and angry. Okay, one group is significantly smaller than the other, and I'll give you a clue at who's smaller. <laughs> it's the people that are angry. The people that are angry and the people that will boycott or withhold their purchase or, you know, brigade on Twitter or whatever, I'm, I'm telling you right now, that group of people is incredibly small. And a significant number of those people will posture virtuous and order the game anyway. Um, and then, so, you, you gotta consider that. You gotta consider how many people don't pay attention to any of this crap. They just don't. They don't watch YouTube videos, they don't read articles, they're not on Twitter. They don't give a hoot or a holler about any of that, and they're just going to buy the game when it's available. It'll be in the launcher, they can pre-order it, they'll get some awesome statue, you know, and an art book for pre-ordering, and they'll buy the collector's edition, the definitive edition, the the, the, the big bad devil edition, whatever, right? That I, I honestly don't think long-term... The, the, the greatest thing that will hurt Blizzard Activision long term is a degradation of quality. They're known for quality, are they not? Like, their games come out and they're genuinely very good. Like, Diablo 3 was good at launch, but the, the auction house was, was terrible and corrosive. So getting rid of that was, was obviously needed, but the game itself was still good. And then it went through multiple iterations and updates, and it almost didn't turn the corner. Because when they launched Lord of Destruction, I think that's what it was called, right? Lord of Destruction, that almost didn't launch, and there was a follow-up DLC that never happened. It never happened. So it, it, it's Diablo 3 almost didn't even get to where it is right now. But generally speaking, Blizzard's known for their games being very good, and that will be, I think, their their biggest their biggest detriment or or you know pain that they have to endure is that the public will look at their 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 product and be like I'm sorry Reaper of Souls Lord of Destruction was Diablo 2 I, I got the names wrong yeah Reaper of Souls yeah I'm, I'm fairly certain Lord of Destruction was Diablo 2 <laughs> that's the one I remember I think more fondly um, you loved the auction house I had a, I had a Blizzard account with a monk that got hacked because of the auction house and I hadn't played the game in months and came back and had to do like account recovery. It was it was really not fun. Uh, however, I think that I tend to fall into that category. It's disturbing what happened, but as long as the people involved uh, are punished, uh, but the entire studio isn't to be blamed. Right. Boycotting in this case will only hurt the low-level employees the most. I'll buy Diablo 4 when it comes out. It's such an unfair situation, Right. It's such an unfair situation because the higher ups and the and the guilty parties, you know, are likely going to be, you know, just fine financially, right? Even if they're fired or dismissed or whatever, like they're probably okay and, you know, can keep their head down and then get rehired somewhere else, you know, couple, like a year or two down the line. And then the people on the low end feel like, man, this is so unfair. Now our project is, is going to limp because we've lost people. Our, you know, our our time to deliver has been in- increased significantly. It's going to take so much longer to build this, and now people are boycotting and don't want to buy the game. 
and then the consumer feels like well the only way I can send a loud and clear message that this isn't okay is to not buy the game and that doesn't hurt the guilty parties it hurts the innocent parties it's such an unfair situation right because as a consumer you're like the only thing I can do is withhold my purchase to communicate I don't want to support this but in so doing you're not actually hurting the guilty parties you're hurting the innocent parties like you don't really have a move here you know you don't have a you don't have a, you don't have a, a, a move Zubair says y'all know what I say there is no ethical consumption we each have to choose according to our own beliefs true true if you're just tuning in, we're talking about the Diablo 4 update 2021. They just released the last one probably of the year about the Diablo 4 Paragon system, Diablo 4 loot. It's like a targeting farming thing they're going to let you do. Particular enemies will drop particular pieces of loot and the Paragon system has been sort of reinvented and is ongoing. And we're asking the question, do you think this game will actually launch given all of the Blizzard Activision problems? Uh, you know, Activision Blizzard is 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 still a situation that's ongoing and is not done with and it's it's obviously a significant challenge to the people working there and working on this project. So if you've never been here before, we take video game news and chop it up throughout the week. I am a safer work broadcaster. Do me a favor, guys. We don't have our first 100 likes, so we already did a stream this morning about the New World DMCA strikes, and now we're talking about the Diablo 4 update. So new a new stream, new likes. We got to get that first 100 likes. It really helps out the video. And thanks, everybody, for being here. Their biggest challenge, if they launch, will be the competition. Uh, Path of Exile is huge, and Last Epoch is on the way. I will not even consider the game if it's not free to play. Selling microtransactions is fine. So I actually have not heard this before. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think you're going to get what you... You're not going to get that. If you think Blizzard's going to walk out Diablo 4 free to play, you, you, are, you are operating on the wrong wavelength. That ain't happening, Okay. Path of Exile being free is not industry disrupting to the point that like Blizzard's going to make one of their lead IPs free. Um, I think there's a little too much presumption that baked into that. You are perfectly well within your right to hope for it or or want it, but you're not going to get it. I'm telling you right now. You aren't. Blizzard will not make a lead IP free because Path of Exile's free. Um, I don't know. People thinking those games are bigger than Diablo. Yeah, you, you are talking about you, you're talking about a massive, massive game with a massive audience and massive marketing reach. Um, so Diablo Four, I, I can't see it being free to play. They're probably going to put in a dozen micros on top of it. It's possible. It's possible. It will come out and will be a cash grab. The way things are, you need to define what you mean by cash grab. Every item that is sold is a cash grab. They're intending to get your cash. So you need to make you need to explain how you think Diablo 4 will be a cash grab. Path of Exile is like store brand Diablo. Now that I think is unfair. The Path of Exile has received a lot of praise and 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 it's from what I've been told it is a very good game. Um but I don't think it being free does anything to Diablo, right? Diablo is sort of the front runner there as as what Wheezy is saying it is the ARPG that's right Path of Exile is an amazing game and Path of Exile 2 is on the horizon yeah 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 Diablo is also a decades old household name it's kind of like when Call of Duty Vanguard was the top selling game for November and yet it had been it had seen a decline in total sales for Call of Duty in the years past and it was still the number one selling game for November so like Diablo 4 release date 
who knows when it is when it finally arrives it'll 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 be it'll be it'll be record breaking it'll it'll be the top selling game of the month that it lands in it's not going to it's not going to like be in a in danger because of path of exile or anything like that cyberpunk had the biggest pc launch in history it's got great reviews on pc too you know it's doing okay not saying it it's bad but it's the cola to diablo's coke I don't know if I agree with that, Techno, because I've not played the game. I think that might be reductionistic, you know? From everything I've heard about Path of Exile, that might be too reductionist. Ugh. Yeah. Thanks, Mama. I forgot to order uh, the USPS thing, so I ordered them this morning. The padded ones or whatever? I forgot to last night. Okay, great. We got four or five orders today already. For sure. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll try and sell you guys, send your guys coffee order site if we get a chance to. Um, if they consider the free to play route, we're talking about Activision after all. I just think the backlash on Diablo Eternal might have tempered the internal discussions on this one. Isn't Diablo Eternal doing well? Is it out? I thought it was out. Didn't Diablo Eternal get like lots of praise? <laughs> or am I imagining things? Did I have a fever dream? I, I thought that like Diablo uh, Eternal, the mobile game or whatever, like was was doing well or did well or received praise. I'm like, what am I remembering here? I swear I remember reading about this. It should that should be another one of the pithy sayings. All for profit companies are focused on profit. All of them. <laughs> yeah. It's not out yet, and it is pretty good. Diablo Immortal. It's not out. Okay. Yeah, I thought during the beta test it received lots of praise. Uh, Diablo Immortal isn't out yet, but people played the beta and they enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so I did. Re- I read that. I was like, I know I read that and was like, wait a minute. Wasn't that going to be like, you know, the, the, the ugly duckling of the group, you know? Uh, it, it, it it felt like it was uh, <laughs> it felt like it was going to be an ugly duckling and yet it's received tons of praise and you do you do realize that that game will make them an insane amount of money because it's a mobile game right <laughs> yeah I'll be covering God of War Ragnarok when it comes out yes hopefully by then we have a large enough tan- channel and a loyal enough audience to like let me indulge gameplay uh, of games like that I don't think we'll be there for you know horizon forbidden west but maybe by the time ragnarok comes out we won't feel so hamstrung we'll be able to kind of make you know do those like blow off steam streams you know what i mean if you're just tuning in we're talking about diablo 4 update 2021 is the diablo 4 release date going to happen that's the poll at the top of the chat hit the sub button if you've never been here before and you want to talk in my chat or take the poll answering yes or no do you think this game will launch Diablo Resurrected is also new. I played Diablo Resurrected. All you can do is repeatedly play the campaign. So what's the difference between Diablo Resurrected and Diablo Immortal? Oh, Diablo... You're talking about Diablo 2 Resurrected. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played that. That that thing was just... Didn't... That did not transcend the modern context. <laughs> I downloaded and played Magic Arena last night, and it did change my mind a little bit on mobile gaming, but 
I had to delete it. I can see myself spending way too much money, right? Yeah, D2 Resurrected. I just saw Diablo Resurrected, and it like it like flipped my head. I was like, wait a minute, what? What's that? But yeah, Diablo 2 Resurrected. I know what that is. I played it. Not for very long, though. If you think uh, Path of Exile being free is going to have any influence at all on Diablo 4's pay structure, then you totally underestimate the power of the following that the Diablo franchise has as a whole. Yeah, agreed. It's a remaster and it's a great game. I don't agree. I thought Diablo 2 Resurrected was um, hamstrung by old systems that should have been contextualized to the modern landscape. It, It was a beautiful remaster. It was a beautiful remaster that I had no desire to interact with because of just the cumbersome early game. Very simple updates to the inventory system would have made the early game in Diablo 2 Resurrected significantly better. I'm not an old school Diablo player. It's funny that you think that because you're incredibly wrong. I played the original Diablo and then I played Diablo 2 like a madman all of the time multiple playthroughs, looked up guides on the internet, uh, changed from a summoner uh, druid to a fissure druid, and oh yeah. I am very much an old school Diablo player. Was it a remake or a remaster? It was a remaster, because they didn't remake anything. I mean, they didn't, if they would have updated some elements of the inventory, it would have been significantly better. It would have been significantly better. Listen, I Sandra, I bully for you. Enjoy it. Do multiple playthroughs. I, I'm so glad that the Diablo fans embraced it. I am. I'm a Diablo fan that didn't embrace it because I thought, this is awful. I, I was going to play it with my wife. My wife and I have played Diablo 3 multiple times together. We've done seasonal characters, right? And it was like, I'm not going to play this with my wife. This is so cumbersome and stupid. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that people liked it and enjoyed it because I thought it was such a beautiful treatment of of a classic. It really was. It really was beautiful. But my goodness, I couldn't enjoy it. I was actually planning on playing through the game with my wife. I was very excited. And I was like, there's no freaking way we're playing this. I was very disappointed. So... Yeah, we love Diablo 3. The only thing I don't like about the Diablo 3 seasonal characters is how much solo content there is at the end of the chapter. So, like, my wife and I are playing together split screen, and then we get far into the season, and we're supposed to stop playing together? I think that is just stupid. I think it was supposed to tide people over and cash in on the nostalgia. They need D4 to look way better in comparison. Well, sure, but... People really liked it. Diablo 2 Resurrected was well-received. I was one of... I don't know if there's a ton of us. I, I was one of some people in the community that just thought, my gosh, you should have contextualized the inventory. It, it just this this grates against the modern looter sentimentality of like picking up everything 
and I don't think that's a bad sentimentality to have. If I'm going to play a game like Diablo, I want to pick up everything, and picking up everything is an absolute nightmare to your experience in Diablo 2 Resurrected. You are discouraged from playing the game like a looter by the very cumbersome nature of the systems within it. Yeah, like what Alarian is saying, it was a well-made remaster, but the old school gameplay doesn't age well. That's that's where I landed on it, yeah. Fozzie says, my theory is that the people who were still playing old school D2 loved D2 Resurrected, and those who moved on to Diablo 3 maybe didn't as much. What coffee pot do you use, and how much do you personally use for a 12-cup pot? Um, I do... Four tablespoons for every, I think it's for every 16 ounces of water, is what I do. Four tablespoons for every 16 ounces of water. That's basically the, what the, I think that's what the average internet coffee drip guide is going to tell you how much to use. I don't do a full 12 cup pot. I don't do that in the morning. I do, I do a brew for me. So four scoops, 16 ounces. I do a brew for my wife that's more like, you know, four scoops, and then she ends up with, I think, about 13 ounces. Hers is a little bit stronger. I put less water in hers. They don't want you to hold on to everything? Sounds familiar. It's not that they don't want you to hold on to everything. You can do it. How are you supposed to comb over all the loot on the ground to to, to figure out if there's something better than what you have? How? You know what people started telling me? Oh, stop picking everything up. What do you mean? If you're tuning in for Diablo 4 news or the Diablo 4 update, we read through it. If you've got questions about their targeted farming for loot, if you've got questions about their Paragon system, I can answer those questions for you. I combed over uh, the update and the reports on it. Thank you for being here. I do half the filter for a full cup, twelve full twelve cup pot. I fill the machine to seven, and I put in eight heaping scoops. That's pretty. That's going to be pretty strong then. That's going to be pretty strong. It's a different beast for sure. Yeah, the the answer to a cumbersome system in a looter should never be, yeah, don't pick everything up. <laughs> what? Bear with me while I quickly eat here. Um, but the modern storage of D3 was better. Also, D2 is more satisfying when you actually get legendaries. Right.
<laughs> what a touching story. A young boy from Thailand dreamed about having a Nintendo Switch. Due to not having good financial conditions, he fabricated his own using cardboard and markers. His father, moved, filmed him and posted the video on social media. After going viral, it got to the eyes of Nintendo CEO, who went to Thailand personally and sued the boy for $2.5 million for copyright infringement. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> I was actually trying to correlate it to our lack of vault space in Destiny and how it sucks. I don't play Diablo. Perhaps I misunderstood. You did. You did. Imagine playing Destiny and his loot is dropping on the ground. You're picking it up and then you're full and then you're full and then you're full and then you're full. And you got to go back to the tower, offload, go back down to the mission and pick the stuff up. Right? So typically what you do is you make sure your inventory is not busting at the seams so you can pick up the loot that drops. And if you can't pick up the loot that drops, then it goes to the Postmaster. What ends up happening in Diablo 2 is everything takes up inventory space. So your potions take up inventory space, like everything, okay? And so you pick up like, I don't know, five or six pieces of armor and weapons and you're full. And there's, you know, five or six pieces of armor on the ground in like one room. And so you go back to town, right? And Eugene supports Nintendo's ability to do it. That's right. And so you go back to town and you offload and you sell everything. And then you go back down into the dungeon where you were and pick up everything off of the ground. And you're full again. And you go into the next room and you kill a bunch of stuff. And there's four, five, maybe six items on the ground that you might want to pick up and look at. And you can't because you're full. So now you got to go back to the tower and sell everything. And then go back down into the dungeon and pick it all up again. And do you know what people will say? Oh, well, don't pick everything up. What loot game have you ever played where you're like, yeah, don't pick everything up. There's going to be stuff all over the ground, but just leave it there. What are you even talking about? Why would I leave it there? It's a loot-based game. I want to pick up everything. Is there a sword that's slightly stronger than the sword I'm carrying? Is there a pair of boots that's slightly better than the pair of boots that I'm wearing? That is part and parcel to the satisfaction of playing a game like that. You have to know what's worth it to pick up. After playing so much, you know what uniques are worth, as well as magic and rares. It's called knowing the game. (laughs) It's called knowing the game. Right. That that's that's it. That right there, chat. There you go. <laughs> one of the one of the key tenants one of the key tenants of a loot-based game like this is is picking up everything and reading the descriptions and the stats and, and, and learning, right? And learning what what items are good, better, or suited for your build. What You're saying it's called knowing the game. Where do you get this prior knowledge of the game then if you come to the game brand new? Early, early mid-game Diablo 2 Resurrected is an atrocity of inventory management. What, are they supposed to go read a wiki? 
So what you're going to want to do is when a blue item drops, uh, you're going to analyze the name. And underneath the name structure, you're going to know whether or not this actually fits with your build. So you're going to leave that one on the ground. And then the next item is a pair of boots. And honestly, the boots aren't really that good in the middle of the game and the early game because most of them are going to generally fall within the same spectrum of skill uh, as well as power. So you know that you can pretty much uh, you dismiss these when they're on the ground if you're within the levels of like 1 to 17. Uh, once you are in levels 20 to 30, that is when you want to start to really look for the... Get the frick out of here! You know how many guides are out there? I'm already memeing you before I read what you said. I'm already memeing you. You, I I was in the future memeing you before you said that. Go watch a guide. Go read a wiki. That's right. That's right. Explain away, you know, bad game design or flaws by being like, well, go watch somebody else who already did it and learned and played the game and has a wiki and has a YouTube channel so that you don't have to, robbing you of the game, bringing you along and learning and I'm not taking my bite because I'm so irritated. Like, the game is supposed to do that. The game is supposed to bring you along and you pick these things up and you learn and you equip and you analyze and it's fun and you're you're growing in your knowledge and your power as a character. But let's take all of that out because we can't update our inventory system. Just go use a wiki. Just go use a YouTube channel and rip an entire portion out of a game's sense of progress and pride and and learning. Just rip all that out. What a joke. You don't have to pick it up. Compare it before you pick it up. Homie, it's all on the ground. Do you know how you know how tedious that is? More like sounding like a douche, but okay. You mean you, somebody who subbed to my channel four minutes ago, sounds like a douche? But okay. And the game's what, 20 years old? A lot of people know the game. Man, you're such a baby. I'm I'm the baby. I'm the one emotionally, I guess, stunted and hurt by a game being criticized that I have to insult the person criticizing the game. And and also I have to come up with like mental gymnastic backflips to defend the absence of good features in a game. But but I'm I'm the baby. Funny how you're talking, meanwhile I didn't call you any names. You said sounding like a douche and then said, Man, you're such a baby. Do you do you, do you have like a, a weird mental syndrome where you forget what you just did 10 seconds ago? I subscribe to tell you that you complain too much. Well, you don't know how to spell too, so I'm not really worried what you think of me. You're crying about it and you insulted me first? Are we on a playground? He started it? Oh. <laughs> I criticize the inventory system of Diablo 2 Resurrected, and you're in here, butt hurt, and defending it. <laughs> now you're making fun of mental disabilities? No, I'm not. Are you that desperate? 
Are you that desperate? It's funny. Your precious Diablo 2 Resurrected got criticized. Do me a favor. Change your diaper since you wet yourself over the most minor criticisms of a game that you like and then give your iPad back to your mommy because you're not strong enough for the internet, okay? Bye-bye now. Inventory is way too small, but he's right. You can just look at the color of the items before picking them up. Yeah, but that's learning the game, though, doesn't, doesn't, you don't know that until you start picking up items. It doesn't. I got food on my shirt. Thank you. You, you don't know that until you pick the items up. Also, an item's color doesn't necessarily mean you might be using an item that's blue and it has certain stats on it, and then an item that's not blue might actually be better for your build, or have a set on it that you want to try, or something. You know what I'm saying? It might, it might even be a completely different type. You might switch from, like, a mace to an axe, and one is blue, and you're switching to the white one. Why? I don't know. You want to try it out. Don't you understand? That's, like, that's like literally the, the basis of a game like that's discovery process. That, that oh there's guides or oh you should go to this he said that's literally knowing the game that was his initial statement his initial premise was that's called knowing the game right and when you don't know the game and you're trying to learn or let's not even say knowing the game let's say you are for the first time trying a brand new character in the game right you're, you're, you're trying a brand new character in a brand new build. Well, you're going to pick up everything and experiment. You're going to try this weapon or that weapon or this piece of armor. Again, when you're, when you're not picking everything up, it's, it's, it's stunting. It's, it's, it's hurting that process. There are lower rarity items that give you better stats. Color doesn't matter entirely in Diablo 2. That's exactly the point. That's what I'm saying. It's Looter 101, that's right. Whether it's a new playthrough on a new character, your first time playing through, or you're going to play through again as a druid and you're going to switch your build up. You're, you're going to want to pick everything up, look at the stats, experiment, and not do all these different things. Like, that, that's, that's how these games operate. And acting like, no, wagging a finger, you're not supposed to pick everything up. You should know the game, right? You should know everything about these items so that you know what not to pick up. Where do I get that information? From playing the game and picking everything up. That's why it's an illogical assertion to say, well, you should just know the game. Well, how do I know the game? Uh, go read a guide or a wiki. That was his response. Why? Because the game's not allowing you or equipping you to do it effectively. Every game's going to have a learning curve. Rather, the devs spend more time with the systems than dumbing everything down. 
You know, it's funny that you think they should spend more time with the systems. You mean like the inventory system or the potion storing system that is entirely outdated and cumbersome? You mean like those systems? I didn't say they should dumb anything down. They could have made two minor adjustments to inventory management and a lot of these problems would have gone away. Like that. Poof. Potion stack. Oh my gosh. What a dumbing down of the game. No, it would have made sense. Stack the potions. You got a book that holds all of the town portals and then a book that holds all of the scrolls for identification. And then you got individual potion icons that stack in a similar fashion. The game already has the inner workings of stacking because that's how the freaking books work. Like, the issue is, you have to understand something. You complain too much. You cry too much. What the frick are you talking about? I played this game religiously a super long time ago. Then I played Diablo 3 a bunch with my wife. And when I went to go play this game, it was so cumbersome and outdated and unenjoyable that I stopped playing it. And that somehow is insulting to you, so you're going to insult me. You're complaining. You're a baby. You're whining. You're you're drinking copium. I don't what are you, what are we just going to hurl cliché internet insults? I believe the fact that they made it available on consoles limited storage. I want you to reread what you just wrote and then go play Diablo 3 on a console. What are you talking about? D2 Old Guard would have killed someone if they allowed potion stacking. I would have loved it. D2 system seems so archaic, I had a hard time enjoying it this time around. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. Very simple thing. Like, I got an idea. Here, here, here's a real, here's a real, just dynamite idea. What if they would have just let me pick that? Do you want the traditional, like, true to form Diablo experience or do you want what I what I said they should do I should be able to go check a box and just can you just give me infinite sprint this is just so stupid and unnecessary just give me infinite sprint it's in the game because you turn it on when I'm in town so let me just turn that on let me turn on item stacking because this is just redu- this is just ludicrous I just want to play the game and have a good time I don't need this tried and true Diablo 2 faithful experience where I can't pick anything up and I'm supposed to go use a wiki or memorize item rarity or, or item quality spectrum so that I just ignore everything on the ground even still don't you want to pick it up and sell it early game because that's a great resource for money I'm not, I'm not talking about a game holding my hand I, that, that's not it it's remove these unnecessary encumbrances they're, they're not it's not adding to the quality you're like you know what I really like about Diablo 2 resurrected what's that Dave I really like the fact that I can't stack potions and my inventory gets full really fast and I run out of sprint commonly when I'm running great links to retread areas on the map to make sure I didn't miss anything it really adds to the experience who the frick is saying that? No one's saying that. And if you really think it adds to the experience, that's what I'm saying. Just give me the option to say, do I want the traditional Diablo 2 experience with sprint and uh, just busting at the seams full inventory so I'm just not picking anything up? 
or would I like, you know, some of these nice little improvements? You know, stacking potions, the horror and the impurity. You're like a child of the light in Wheel of Time. Sven says Diablo 4 is going to launch because they can't, they can't afford to not launch it. Right. It's part of the difficulty curve. Yeah. Part of the difficulty curve is learning what to pick up and what not to pick up. And the method by which I learned that is picking everything up. You're contrad- like, that idea is a self-contradiction. Yeah, it's part of the difficulty curve. You're supposed to learn what to pick up and what not to pick up. Oh, how am I going to do that? Uh, by picking everything up. Well, but that's the problem is picking everything up is incredibly like encumbering and halting and disruptive to game. The the gameplay content loop is just super disrupted by it. Well, then leave the game and read a wiki or watch a YouTube video. What? That, oh, that is that part of the difficulty curve too. Is that in the instruction manual? Uh, See here, it says on page 17 that if you're finding it difficult to know what items to pick up or discard or not pick up, consult wikis or YouTube videos on the internet. Like, is that that part of the difficulty curve too? That I gotta go watch videos and read wikis? The whole hashtag no changes from the Blizzard community is annoying. My inner hoarder dislikes the storage space. Just came here to comment and like the video. Back to work for me. Have a good day. Thanks, man. Thanks, Zelda Heart. I was hoping for a shift in gameplay and a third person over the shoulder combat for Diablo 4. No, I wasn't hoping for that at all. That doesn't make any sense. If you want that, there's plenty of games that offer that. Why would a game Why would a game do that? Can you imagine going to God of War Ragnarok and be like, you know, I was really hoping they would turn God of War Ragnarok into an isometric dungeon crawler. Like, why would you? I don't understand that. I really don't. Like, I know they were experimenting with doing that in Diablo 4, but it doesn't make any sense. Why would you have that such a significant departure of gameplay? Yeah, no, I was, it was originally planned and I am extremely thankful. And I'm telling you right now, they, it wouldn't have done well. It wouldn't have done well. I tell you what, you want to make a game. You want to you want to make a game called Fallen Angel, and you go around and you play as one of the fallen angels, third person, awesome, amazing, God of War like combat. Go for it. You want to do a spinoff? Just you go, you go have a ball. But you make Diablo Four action adventure, third person. What the frick? Why would you do that? God of War Ragnarok. All of a sudden, being isometric dungeon crawler wouldn't make any sense, right? You want to do an offshoot side spin-off God of War game called, you know, I don't know, Baldur's Breaking, and it's like you playing as Baldur when he's young, and you're going through, and it's a dungeon crawler. You know what I'm saying? I, I that, But outside of that, it just doesn't make any sense why would you fundamentally change the game. It would be so weird. Masters you bear, Order of the Dark Roast. First of his name, Breaker of Biscuits, Robot of Donuts. (laughs) 
Dark Souls 3 in a Diablo world um, might be an interesting and additional title. Diablo 4 needed to be an isometric ARPG. Right. Oh, there is a game called Fallen Angel. It actually came out last year. Very positive reviews. 74 reviews. And it's a slash and dash. It looks isometric. It looks similar to the art style of Hyperlight Drifter. And it looks like it incorporates some of the similar combo style combat of uh, Devil May Cry. Like launching launching enemies up into the air. So there is a game called Fallen Angel with 74 reviews on Steam. 83%. Very positive. There you go. It actually looks good, funny enough. Yeah. Good art style, good gameplay, good combat. <laughs> yeah, it actually does. Uh, what's the A and RPG ARPG? Action. Action role playing game. It often just gets abbreviated to RPG. Um, it says here it combines core elements from both action games and role-playing games so I think because it's not like a traditional role-playing game where you're um, what game are we talking about being isometric well, yo what's good soul uh, Sven was saying he hoped Diablo 4 was going to do like over the shoulder third person combat which was their original plan and I said that would be a huge mistake. I said it would be just as weird to be like, I hope God of War Ragnarok is isometric dungeon crawler. It wouldn't make sense. It'd be this giant departure from what God of War has been up to now. And then I said, if you want to do a spin-off game about you know one of the fallen angels and you play as a fallen angel and you're slowly getting your angelic powers back this actually sounds super dope and you're playing in the world of Diablo but you're playing as a fallen angel slowly getting your angelic powers back that would explain your skill tree getting stronger getting cooler abilities blah 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 and that game looked like God of War but took place in the Diablo universe that would be chef's kiss but that wouldn't be a Diablo game it'd be like a spinoff so because it's not because it's not like a turn based yeah because Eugene, you go into a room and you and you do things in an action-oriented way. Abilities, slashing, attacking, you know, whatever. Those are the action elements within the RPG. Instead of going in a room, clicking on a guy, and doing turn-based. That is, I think, that is a correct uh, conclusion. Yes. God of War had a lot of isometric combat in the first three games. What? It did? God of War walked through complete game. Oh, yeah. It was very... The first God of War was very isometric. You're right. I didn't know that. It's it's like a it's like a very... Ooh, yeah. That's, that is weird. It's kind of like a hybrid between a, thirst, a third person game and an isometric. It's not quite isometric. It's like the camera's like down... Hor- it's... Yeah, I didn't realize that about the first God of War. How, how many of them are like that? 
Wasn't true third person and definitely wasn't first person. Yeah. When did they make the definitive shift to like third person action adventure? Was it in the most recent God of War or was it the one before that? Just to be clear, we're not talking about AARP, which Lono just qualified for, no. That's what I was saying, I was hoping for a huge shift. God of War original trilogy compared to God of War Nordic theme were huge shifts. You know what the biggest problem with that, Sven, is? I just... Diablo is just so, so popular, and then the isometric dungeon crawler is just such a great medium for this type of game. It would have been really weird. Even God of War 3 still incorporates sections where it goes isometric. Yeah, I didn't know that. The first one I played was the most recent one with with uh, with Loki. Huh. That's actually that's actually interesting. I I did not know that. Um Diablo 4 is going to be a great ARPG still. I'm still hyped for it. I would love a game like I described. I I, I think, um, um, hey, somebody ordered some coffee. Two bags of Frickmas and two bags of Dark for Enveg. Another order of coffee. What is going on? Frickmas, Light Roast, Dark Roast, the Traffic Light Special to Marcus Bush? You got his name wrong. <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> Somebody ordered and then said that the name was Marcus Bush. <laughs> that wasn't his username in YouTube. <laughs> you cheeky minx. I never consider God of War isometric, still don't. It's like a hybrid. It, like like Soul said, it's not totally third person. It's not totally isometric. It's somewhere in the middle. <clears throat> I think they'll go closer to MMO live service game than the classic ARPG format. No, there was a guy in chat named. Well, his name wasn't Marcus either. It was some. It was. It was like Morris or something. It was not Marcus. How do I use your Amazon code? Um, you just use the Amazon affiliate link in the description below, or you can use the Amazon command in chat. It doesn't give you a discount, but it does give me credit, um, as a way of support. So there is no code. You just click on the link before you shop. So either in the description below, or you can use the. Uh, the Amazon uh, command and I can see tons of people are using it and I really appreciate that like on the 19th which was two days ago like 20 people clicked and and some folks ordered so thank you that's awesome what would you call Devil May Cry style fixed camera on rails maybe Devil May Cry is, is very fixed camera on rails um Takashi says, what's good? God of War original is not isometric. It's an action game. Hallmark of isometric is a fixed camera angle. Yes. 
but even then, a fixed yeah, fixed camera angle would still apply to games where you can rotate the camera because the angle itself is not changing. You are simply yeah, yeah, yeah. You're rotating it on an axis, but you're not you're not changing the actual angle. That's correct. It gets difficult because lots of games are very um, are borrowing from others, so it's not it's not as rigid. You know what I mean? Didn't you hate Devil May Cry Five? Five? Yeah, I wasn't a Devil May Cry guy, so when I tried Devil May Cry 5, I didn't know that was the kind of game that it was. I remember playing a Devil May Cry an age ago at my friend's house on, like, his PlayStation 2, and uh, I had no real memory of the game other than I thought it was cool that I could, like, jump in the air and shoot guns, and I would, like, you'd, like, stall in the air. Um, So I remember that being a cool element of the game, Um, but that that was it that was my memory so I had no idea that it was like a super like on rails combo based game so Devil May Cry 5 looked amazing but it just wasn't for me it was not my cup of tea Six doesn't encapsulate it either. I wouldn't call the OG Resident Evil isometric. Yeah. Yeah. It Definitions like this are, are not meant to be rigid. They're meant to just sort of give you an impression of like what the game is going to be like, right? So if 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 you're gonna go and play an old Resident Evil or a Devil May Cry or something, and we say something to the effect of, you know, it's kind of a quasi, uh, you know, a, it's a it's a quasi this, quasi that. You know what I mean? Um, I couldn't. ISO games are like Hades and Death's Door. Right. Isn't Horizon ISO? Horizon Forbidden West or Horizon Zero Dawn? What? No. That's action-adventure. Third-person action-adventure. Well, action-adventure is not important. Third-person. Isometric only pertains to the perception of depth or lack thereof. I don't think you could spin the camera in the old God of War games. When I was thinking of spinning the camera, you would describe this game, this really adorable little indie title called Death's Door, you would describe it as isometric, but that game lets you rotate the camera. But you would still call it isometric. I'll give you an example. You know when things far away look smaller, that's because of depth. Fen sound uh, a, de- a, de- a thing here. A definition. Isometric video game graphics are graphics employed in video games and pixel art that use a parallel projection, but which the angle of the viewpoint reveal facets of the environment that would otherwise not be visible from a top-down perspective or a side view, thereby producing a three-dimensional effect. 
This meme is great, King Salty. No, you can't just change the Diablo 2 inventory system and ruin the established game system. Lono, bad inventory system is bad. <laughs> um. Devil May Cry, God of War, Horizon are all third person. Some fixed, some not. If you guys are tuning in for the Diablo 4 update 2021, they did their Diablo 4 quarterly update and talked about the um, the loot. There's like targeted farms for loot now. You'll be able to go to farm for specific enemies if you're looking for a particular piece of loot. They also outlined the Diablo 4 Paragon system and how it's going to be like a board that once you fill it out can connect to another Paragon board. We're not sure if it's open-ended and eternal or not yet, but they did outline it, and it, and it looked good. I thought some people are discur- don't like the fact that they're doing it. The term isometric has become popular word to describe any video game with an angled, um, uh, angled or top-down or off-axis viewpoint. However, true isometric perspective is actually a very 2D drawing technique used to simulate the appearance of 3D objects. Before the advent of real-time 3D computer graphics, many game developers used an axonometric projection technique to fake the appearance of 3D. Games using this technique were commonly referred to as having isometric graphics. However, due to the nature of computer graphics, most of these games did not technically use isometric, but are very similar projection called dimetric. This is getting really interesting misused terminology as 2d games declined in popularity the term isometric started to being applied to any game with an angled overhead perspective the problem with the time applying the term isometric to any 3d game like this is that it has no relevance to the actual rendering techniques or viewpoint of the game whatsoever most top down or overhead games slightly angle the view to give you a slightly better perspective on the action but this angle does not automatically make them isometric the best way to differentiate isometric perspective from other kinds of perspectives is to remember that isometric is primarily used to refer to 2D games that simulate the appearance of 3D. So isometric has become a colloquialism as opposed to an accurate technical description, which means I can still use it. Isometric is now an accepted gamer colloquialism that doesn't mean technically the game is technically isometric. It's just now something that we use to refer to games that look like Hades and Diablo and others. So I don't think there's a problem with saying it at all. I think we just have to say it's not technically true anymore and that's okay. When I say the game is isometric, you know what I mean, which means we have common ground, we have uh, agreed upon definitions, which means we can communicate. With the advent of 3D, perspective got easier to be done. For us humans, perspective looks natural, isometric looks weird. I use both for 3D modeling. It's like calling tissues Kleenex, right. It's not technically true, but it's an accepted colloquialism. It's like calling a bandage a band-aid. I swear, I swear to frick, if Eugene says it's like calling all dark soda coke, I'm, I'm going to ban him for the day.
He's like tapping back space right now. <laughs> Do you even isometric, bro? It's like calling all dark soda coke. <laughs> Jimmy and Fozzie tempting fate. Jimmy and Fozzie tempting fate. I am. I'm going to hit him with TOs. I'm going to hit him with TOs. I'm a man of my word. Not just dark coke, all coke. That's it. That's it. I hit them all. I got them all, chat. They're all going to come back and say that it was worth it. (laughs) Dark liquid is all coke. Can we get Colin so I can call in and yell at Eugene? <laughs> no. Did you just nuke Eugene? It's like a three minute timeout. It's not that it's not that long. No, wait, how long is it? It's a five minute, sorry, it's a five minute timeout. It's it's 300 seconds. It's a five-minute timeout, but it shows it as 300 seconds. I was getting it. I was flipping it and confusing it. <laughs> Coke, the superior dark liquid. <laughs> Uh. Uh. it'll give Eugene time to think about his sins <laughs> Eugene said silencing the truth now huh very bungee of you oh golly Quick, Eugene's timed out. Say some bad things about Sony. (laughs) Say some bad things about the PlayStation 5. Man, we were popping on this subject. We were popping on that subject, and then we we went off on Diablo 2, and I think we ran all the Diablo guys off. They were like, this guy's... I hate this guy. You Diablo fans are interesting. <laughs> I remember. I remember when Diablo 2 Resurrected came out. And we uh, we covered it. And uh, <laughs> I got a lot of hate for my for my coverage of that of that game. <laughs> the, 
the Diablo community is uh Yeah, you guys are spe- you guys are special. <laughs> Why does Diablo 4 have a game category already? Has it been streamed before? Um it's possible that they ask for that so when they upload gameplay and trailers that it can be properly categorized. Um yeah, yeah. So if you click on it and you click browse game, you'll notice that it is recommended is a, just a bunch of the trailers um, and then recent and then official and then what in the blue frick they don't have a section for live we're not even at the top of that page that's stupid why wouldn't we be at the top of that page yeah if you click on recent we're not even up there we got we got kind of official let's play maybe that's why our viewership is it, it just stopped on a diamond it's now trended downward maybe uh <laughs> maybe we got kicked off that landing page because they didn't like me bashing Diablo 2 I don't know <laughs> I don't know we're not even on the landing page that's kind of weird when I stream anything and put ourselves in that category and you click on that category we're usually at the top and in the streams I mean, we're in the search results, sure, but I'm saying when you click on the Diablo 4 category. Um, not that the category clicks are even that good right now. Need to use IV? Nobody else is using IV. Yeah, incognito. Look at all those videos. Diablo 4, Diablo 4, Diablo 4, Diablo 4. You don't think people are honestly searching with IV. We're talking about YouTube here. We're talking about like internet monkey brain. You think that there that that, that, that these people are going Diablo IV. That's what you think. Let's look here. Does it actually have stronger? It might have stronger. It might it might be stronger than 4. Maybe maybe you're right. I I don't know. They're the same. They're 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 pulling similar results, so I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know if that's accurate. I mean, I'm happy to uh, let's try it. Let's go in here. Let's go in here and uh, let's just see what happens. IV, and then we'll go down here and we'll change that to IV. Uh, and we'll go here. We'll go here. And we'll go IV. Save. Actually, let's do this too. This one. This one too. This one too. Alright, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think it's going to make a difference. He's a truth silencer, Fozzie. <laughs> Uh, you said if Eugene said it, he would get banned, not if Fozzie said it. Fozzie, in the words of any god worth worshipping, don't test fate. <laughs> don't tempt fate. Test fate, tempt fate, same thing, right? I am god here. <laughs> to quote to quote Cody, excessive profanity, I am god here. Don't Don't tempt fate, my friend. I should ban Fozzie for just being Fozzie and killing me uh, while I had that sniper. Now second for me? 
Oh, really? We'll see if it doesn't get us a, a little bit of a turning, a, a little bit of a turnaround. I was enjoying it. I was enjoying meeting new people and 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 you know telling them that they were dumb. That's like my favorite thing to do on YouTube. <laughs> uh. Soul says, you knew what this was. <laughs> yeah. Any God worth worshiping will tell you not to tempt fate. He struck fear into the hearts of his commoners who watched him steal company funds in New World. <laughs> Am I not a benevolent God? <laughs> Am I not merciful? Well, if you're turning, if you're tuning in for the Diablo 4 update, we, we're we're happy to meet you. They outlined uh, targeted farming for loot. Uh, they outlined the Diablo 4 Paragon system, and it uh, I think it looks very promising. We're asking the question at the top of the chat there: Do you think the game will launch? We've already got good results for the first hour. You know, 400. We usually like to see about 500 votes in the first hour. That's actually good results, and most people saying yes, it will launch. 60-40 split though. So there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people that are saying no, they don't. They, they, they think this game is in trouble. Diablo fans uh, have monkey brains. Wait, where do they all go? No, no, no. The monkey brain of the internet. The monkey brain of the internet. We, uh, we, I, I've talked about that with Creature before. Like, You have to keep things incredibly painfully simple because if not, you, you'll lose people, right? Because when most people are interacting with things on the internet, and I do this too. I'm I, I'm I'm total just monkey brain. Just very simple. Ooh, ooh, slide tap tap. It's got to be super easy and straightforward. You know he has that Napoleon complex. I do not have a Napoleon complex. I have never cared about being short. It's never bothered me. I don't even think of, I don't even think about the fact that I'm short. You guys think about the fact that I'm short more than I think about it. So maybe you have the Napoleon complex as you have to project, you know, the identity of shortness onto me. I don't know. <laughs> 4 likes to 150? Really? Man, we're we're having a hard time getting this getting this motor going for this this second stream today. I don't know. It might be Diablo. I feel like this happened the last time we covered Diablo. We were like super surprised that there was a real uh, a lack of care or interest. If I remember right, I'm remembering having this feeling before. I thought this was pretty. This is a pretty good update, though. Um, oh yeah, the Diablo 2 resurrected gameplay. It did very poorly, and it shouldn't have. It was the launch date. I don't know. Yeah, it might just not land with this crowd. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, the Lonogasm, hooray. Yeah, we unlocked that one last week. Mm. Internalized shortness? Yeah. Me thinks you doth protest too much. What do you mean protest too much? He said I have the Napoleon Napoleon complex. That's a catch-22. If I don't push back, you're going to be like, yeah, he just admitted he has Napoleon complex. If I push back, you're like, well, he's protesting too much. What are you talking about? I, I, I don't I've never felt I've never felt the need to like compensate for not being tall you know what I mean I don't know that's never been a problem for me like I'm self-absorbed and struggle with narcissism that I don't think are those traits of, of uh, Napoleon complex isn't Napoleon complex 
marked by insecurity and like puffing up and and probably leads to imposter syndrome I don't know perfect emote to round out the second trimester you are so frisky the voice changes (laughs) what do you mean the voice changes when you defend yourself your voice is gonna change it's gonna change it rises in pitch two octaves yeah that's what happens when you defend yourself your voice tone changes your posture changes your 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 temperature probably changes it's grandiose overcompensation I feel like the more you talk about it the more it's apparent you feel some way about it no I don't grandiose overcompensation mister I'm a narcissist right narcissism isn't grandiose overcompensation it's self interest it's an over it's an over sense of uh, self importance and self love isn't it narcissism isn't grandiose overcompensation I try to own my flaws not not own all the ones you want to project onto me Uh, symptoms include excessive need for admiration disregard of others feelings and the inability to handle criticism and a sense of entitlement (laughs) Uh, so that doesn't sound like grandiose overcompensation it's selfish it's a lack of empathy and the need for admiration I don't know if is is that is that something that you would say like Napoleon complex the need for admiration? Yeah, narcissists don't have flaws to compensate for. Right, exactly. <laughs> if you if you really think like if you really think about it, the fact that I struggle with self-absorption and narcissism, but why would I, I wouldn't think of myself in the realm of like I'm a short guy and I got to compensate. <laughs> I got to I got to compensate. This is he has a Christmas tree in the background to make him look tall. That's not to make me look tall. My kids gave me that. My children gave that to me as a present for my office. And it's a small tree. <laughs> Where'd you get that shirt? This shirt comes from 80s Tees. They have a really great Christmas collection. We are partnered with them. If you use the shirt command, it'll give you a link to 80s Tees and you can use code LONO. Uh, you're nowhere close to a real narcissist. No, I have narcissistic tendencies and and tendencies of self-absorption, right? Being self-absorbed, not not concern not considering or concerning others, you know. For sure. Ugh. I actually haven't read the definition of Napoleon Napoleon complex. A domineering or aggressive attitude perceived as a form of overcompensation for being physically small or short. I don't think I have a domineering... I can be aggressive, but not in that way. Not in a way to, to compensate. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm domineering. That doesn't sound like me at all. I'm self-absorbed and can be the center of attention, but I don't do it in a domineering way. My wife has told me before that like you you just take over a room or you you just have a, a natural like charm and centrality to you. People just like to listen to what you have to say. Not in a but in, not in a domineering way. I've worked for Napoleon complex managers that are ridiculously domineering and aggressive because they are. They're they're they are very much Napoleon they they completely just bulldoze the room 
Lono got small disc plates and is claiming that they're large. <laughs> uh, Lono who blocked exits maybe was domineering. Oh, golly, rad. What was it called before Napoleon? I don't know. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus syndrome? I, I don't know. <laughs> you don't actually have a Napoleon complex. It's just fun to pretend that you do. <laughs> Come on, peeps, don't pester Lono. He's short because he's got Peter Pan complex. I don't think I have that either, right? That's like the refusal. That, that's like a, a, extended adolescence, right? Almost like extended adolescence or arrested development. You just kind of stay childlike. I, I think there's a youthfulness to me, but I don't think there's a child. I don't think I act. I don't think I'm childish. <laughs> I might laugh at childish thing, childish things. I really struggle with that with our kiddos, man. They start they start saying stuff they're not supposed to say. I just I can't. I laugh. I can't take it. I, I am not I am not good at that part. <laughs> I am not good at that part. Um Um Uh let's see here. I used the mobile uh mobile app and clicked on what's it called? Um, uh, create a short. Clicked on the plus symbol. Yeah, I can't spell symbol and then create a short. I use the mobile app and clicked on the plus symbol and then create a short. I'm having my YouTube partner manager look into the fact that we've had shorts do very well and then they don't make any money. It's like, I upload a short, it hits 8,000 views. What? Come on, what's going on here? They're having some kind of a problem in the back end, so I'm having them look into it. Um, mm, 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 mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I swear to frick, are we gaining subs over there? (laughs) He climbed up the sycamore tree. That's it. Is your last name French? SNTR Presente? Case closed. (laughs) I know a great deal about narcissistic personality disorder because I was raised by a narcissist. It was um, unpleasant. (laughs) Well, I think I was certainly on a path of of unchecked self-absorption and narcissism. And it, it, yeah, it led, it led to, it led to, you know, self-destructive, self-destructive tendencies, a lack of self-awareness. Yeah. My nephew said booty fart the other day and I laughed really hard and his mom's just scowled at me. You know what I've learned? You're better off just leaning into it and letting them kind of get it out of their system and then being like, all right, that's enough. That's enough. And teaching them self-control. I think the harder you wail on particular words you're, it's just such wasted effort. It's just such wasted effort. The more you wail on it and draw attention to the fact that don't say that, don't say that, don't say that, you've now taken something that's this big and you've made it this big. You've magnified it. You're like, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and kids like affirmation, so they'll keep doing it, hoping that you continue to laugh. And then eventually you're like, okay, that's enough. And then they kind of get it out of their system and they go back to doing whatever it is that they're doing. But when you draw all this, just this inordinate amount of attention to it, it's like, it's just a freaking word. Like, settle down. Like, who cares if your kid says, you know, fart or, or poop? Like, who cares? Like, 
You know what I mean? Obviously, you don't want them running around talking like a sailor and, and you know, uh, offending or upsetting other people or other children. But at the same time, it's like, I think so many parents waste so much energy on these just little minute things. Like, just laugh it off. It, 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 you're, you're, you're making it worse. You're making it worse. Now they're really interested in that word. Why shouldn't they say that word? Why that word's a naughty word or a bad word? It's like, once they get older, sure, you want to establish, like, you can't say that. That's not appropriate or whatever, but... I was also raised by a narcissist, a very abusive, hateful, and nasty narcissist. That's sad to hear. That's sad to hear. What a dadgum non-starter. All right. All right, Diablo. I see you. And I am not covering you anymore. (laughs) I see you, and I'm not covering you anymore. <laughs> uh, lesson learned. Don't make fun of Diablo 2's inventory system, and don't cover Diablo 4. <laughs> don't cover it. Oh, mm. I got nothing. I got nothing, chat. Mm. Mm. I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing out topics. I'm throwing out things. And we are uh, we're screeching. The tires on the vehicle are screeching. So, Lost Art. Yeah, Lost Art was fun, and people responded well to it. I'm excited about that game. That game's hitting in February. What about Mobile Diablo? No launch date, but the beta got good response. No official launch date that I know of, but it uh, it got good response to the beta. I think I'm realizing I'm sensitive to the word and should just let people kid about it, not have my two cents. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, yeah. Have you thought any more about Star Citizen? If we get an official date on that 317, I might do like uh, an interview with the guy Tomato or whatever his name was on Twitter who followed me. Um, I forget his name now. It's something with a tomato. Something tomato. Uh, I'm trying to scroll through. Jolly Space Tomato. Uh, Jolly Space Tomato. Yeah, we you know we might we might consider doing like a little video or something, and then I would just like play the game fresh. I've had people reach out and they're like, "Oh, you can use my account. You can use my account." I'm like, "Well, there's a lot to be said for me like diving the game fresh and like showing it off to people." You know what I mean? What has to happen for Lono? He didn't to be something you implement into split split screen. What? What? Rad, are you drunk? Well, you can't. You better not be. I've been waiting years for my time in the sun. What has to happen for Lono? He didn't... He didn't to be something you implement into split screen. I don't know what you're saying. That'd be cool. Uh, You mean tomato? No, I live in the United States and we say tomato. Uh, you would probably need to get with somebody so they could, like, give you a tour. Could be a lot of, to learn in one stream. You forgot about my idea? Forgot about your idea. 
Uh, would you ever consider going back to Borderlands 3 for another playthrough? No. Wonderlands is coming and nobody gives a frick about Borderlands 3. Me being one of those people. I tried to start a fresh playthrough with my wife, right? A top 10 countdown. Oh. What needs to happen for Lono he didn't? to be something you implement into split screen. You gotta, gotta, come on. You gotta use punctuation, Rad. Um, You're just gonna have to wait. You're gonna have to wait on stuff with split screen right now. Um, yeah, Borderlands 3, I, I, I tried replaying it recently with my wife. We had two TVs set up in the living room. It was going to be a blast. And we got to, like, that second village area with, like, the like the spinny tire vehicles. And all of our gear dropping on the ground was underleveled. And I was like, frick this game. I, I, just, I can't. I can't play a game that is just... It's just that intrinsically stupid. I can't do it. Like, give me loot at my level or get the frick out of my face. Like, I don't want to play your dadgum game. If it's 15 hours of just of of vending machine simulator, I just can't do it. Type it in French so you can understand. <laughs> yeah, Wonderlands is coming out. We'll definitely check that out. Um, Eugene says, "Are you worried the child is embarrassing you as a parent? Do you care what a child thinks of? Do you care what a stranger thinks of your child?" Oh, where does this concern for a child dropping language the parents freely use? Well, I'm not walking around my house speaking in that way. I'm not walking around saying poop and booty butt and and pee pee and everything else that my kids think are funny right now. I don't walk around and say that. Now, I might say it in a way of like, if they're taking a bath, I might tell my son to wash his body parts and I might name the body parts. That's appropriate, right? They should know the names of their body parts. But that doesn't mean you walk around and joke about those things. It's uncouth. It's it's it, it's it's a lack of self-control. Just like I don't want my kid running around screaming at the top of their lungs in the grocery store. They can run around the backyard and scream and laugh and have a good time, but it's an element of self-control to say in certain settings and places we don't do or say these things, right? Now, if you're walking around your house dropping MFers and swearing like a sailor and then asking your kid not to talk like that, you're a moron of a parent. I don't I, I don't mean to insult you, but that's stupid. If you're going to you model they're they're literally meant to model your behavior. That's the relationship. And if you're walking around swearing like to, to, to all to all heck and back and then asking a five year old not to say what you're saying, well, you're you're an idiot like we don't we don't walk around talking like that and then ask a young mind to have that self-control that we apparently lack like so yeah I, I think that there there is definitely a difference between and, and there's a fine line right like over over monitoring or controlling your children's speech like it's not a big deal if your kid goes to somebody's house and says like poopy butt and then you're like hey 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 we don't talk like that but some parents really make more of it than they should and then the kid becomes fascinated with that word it's like don't you dare ever say that again like whoa settle down now obviously certain words you would want to really really stress to them you know if they hear a, a slur 
from a TV show or a friend and you really want to stress to them, you cannot say, you just cannot say that. It is very, very hurtful and harmful to the, to the people that might hear you say it, right? I'm more getting at people that are seemingly horrified when a kid drops an F-bomb. Like, who cares? If they do it in a juvenility, if they do, if a kid, if a kid were to say the F-word in a state of juvenility, they're just being juvenile and silly, and they don't have an understanding of what they're saying. It's not that big of a deal. But if a kid walks in the room, five or six-year-old, and he's talking like he's fresh out of Pulp Fiction, I'd have concerns. I, I would I would have concerns. Because this is something that children learn through play and through pretending. They learn how to respect and honor the rules and the sentimentalities of the people around them because then they'll come back and they'll get to play again. This is basically just them learning societal structure and societal norms 101. Like, if you're going to play with your friends and you're just going to punch their lights out, well, they're not going to play with you anymore because you're breaking the rules. Well, What are the rules? Well, the rules are unseen, but they're innate in all of us. Like, you can sense rules pushing in on you to a certain degree, and we tend to abide by those rules. And in abiding by those rules, these children learn how to become, you know social creatures that aren't that aren't neanderthalic animals and if a kid is modeling an uncouth uncontrolled style of vocabulary i would be concerned about that child i would be concerned i would say you are in an environment where where there is a there is modeled behavior that is crass and and lacking in self-control and discipline and for a child of a young age to see that modeled and then copy it you're setting them on a probably not so great path i mean this could this could probably be backed by child psychologists they would probably say yeah you that that's not healthy for a child to see and and to model a lack of self-control and uncouth behavior. It's not healthy for them to 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 be to develop in that environment. They don't have a category for it. So you see these you see these kids all the time. They go viral and they're horrible. They're little demons and they're yelling and screaming and cussing and it's oh it's horrifying to hear it coming from such a young mouth. And yet you know there's so much more to it than just a kid who heard swear words. They're being raised in an environment that is unhealthy. And that's one of the results. That is entirely different than a little kid saying the F word because he heard it and thinks it's funny. That's not the same at all. A little boy being like, I snuck downstairs and I heard mommy and daddy watching a TV show. And and the man on the TV show said, beep. He's just being juvenile. It's appropriate for that age to be juvenile and to and to to push on the boundaries that you've set up or to say something that is new and fascinating. And that's not quite the same as a kid sounding like he literally is walking off the set of Pulp Fiction. That that this is actually a, a, a good discussion. I, I actually think it's fascinating to think through these things because it's not that the words are inherently wrong. It's that the, 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 there's a there's a level of I don't even know. There's just no self-control and a, a, maybe a, a, it's uncouth. Like, you don't care what society thinks. Well, you're not going to get long. You're not going to get far in the world. You're not going to get far in the world if that's your attitude. Well, you got a 16-year-old just I don't care if I offend people. I say what I want. Like, okay, you, you ain't going to go far. 
you're not going to play well with others you're not going to be good at your job you're, you're not going to like management you're, you're going to you're you are set up for failure if that's the attitude that your child's being you know emblazoned with you also separate your embarrassment from behavior uh, that actually should be corrected. Oh, that's one of the hardest things ever. You know what I try to do when I see a family with kids and the kids are acting up or crying and you can tell that it's 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 stressful for the parents? I smile at them. I think that is such an unspoken word of encouragement. Like, it's okay. <laughs> like, I've been there. No judgment. This is just part of life. It's fine. Like, Sometimes I'll even say, you know, uh, it's it's tough. It, it's tough for kids, you know, in the grocery store or wherever they are and the baby's crying or the kid's throwing a fit. Just that smile of like, I've been there, mama. I've been there, dad. It sucks when they're acting like this. You are not abnormal. Like, affirm them with a smile of like acknowledgement. It's all right. It's not, oh, a child crying? <laughs> The horror. Shut the frick up. That's like, it's what kids do. It's like bringing an animal around with you. You don't know what it's going to do. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know why your kid's having a meltdown in the popsicle aisle, but they are. <laughs> no pun intended. Meltdown in the popsicle aisle. Whatever. I do the same. People that judge parents. Sometimes kids just kids. Yeah, in the midst of that battle seeing somebody smile at you it's like it goes a long way I remember there would be like you know little ladies and stuff at the grocery store and when the kids would be acting up or screaming or crying or getting upset and somebody like that smiling at you it just feels good you're like cause you're, you, you don't want people's day to be disrupted by your kid throwing a dadgum fit in the grocery store <laughs> but it happens why don't you like Borderlands 3 because the gear doesn't scale with you in the first playthrough, and I find that to be absolutely destructive to the con- the content loop incentive to pick things up and care about what drops, which is part and parcel to the value of a looter shooter. Why do I want to play through an entire playthrough where everything that drops on the ground is underleveled and you just shred it in a shredder? Take it back to the to the to the vending machine. Give me my money. You literally, if you want loot in Borderlands 3 at your level, the most effective thing to do is pick everything up, sell it for money, and then use Marcus's shop on Sanctuary the ship, because that stuff always scales to you. It's stupid. If I'm 15, everything's a 15. If I'm 20, everything's a 20. They have the ability to do it because it does it once you're in your second playthrough. If you would let me turn that on in the first playthrough, I would have played through that game multiple times with my wife. Explain how the loot has no value. If you are 15 and you're going into areas where all of the enemies are 12s, and but that's where you are in the game. That's just, You've arrived, you've done every side quest and quest, and now you're 15 and the game where you are, where you've progressed, Story Mission 7 or whatever, is 12. They're all dying extremely fast and dropping loot that is worthless to you. Their loot's 12, and you're a 15 headed to 16, and eventually 17 and so forth. Now, there's no, there's no, there's no uh, way to rectify this. The only thing you can do is try to balance 
not doing too much like don't do too many side quests so you then ignore side quests which feels stupid because from a completionist looter perspective you want to do everything you possibly can so you have to ignore side quests to try to keep your level tightly married to the level of the campaign which is insanely frustrating and almost impossible to do because if you're playing with a teammate and you're both killing everything you you just you tend to get over leveled it just kind of happens isn't every borderlands like that Yes, and it's one of the most complained about things in Borderlands 1 and 2. And they specifically stated in a stream, Randy Pitchford said, It's always frustrating to play co-op with your friend when they're behind you, because then they're, they're dropping loot in a game that's worthless to you. You're a 20, and everything that's dropping is a 10. Well, with co-op loot scaling, when you play with your buddy, everything that drops in the game will be at your level, and it doesn't happen. What changes on the second playthrough? It, they, they roll the game over and then everything's at your level it, fought, it tracks with your level it's why can't I just play the main game that way it doesn't it wouldn't hurt anything it's so frustrating they, just give me a button to push go in and I want to be on true vault hunter mode I want everything to scale to me yeah I'm a 7 make everything 7 all the side quests all the missions all the bosses all the enemies now it's okay to, to make bosses always scale to you plus two. A lot of the times that's what the game does. If you're a 15, the boss scales to you plus two. So then he's a 17. Why? To maintain a semblance of challenge. Because then you could you could rush, you could like rush a boss really early and then, oh, the boss is five. Ha ha ha. Well, if you're a five and he's a seven, it would maintain the difficulty of the fight and how it should feel. In co-op mode, you get stuff calibrated to your level. No, you don't. I've played through the game multiple times with my wife, and we didn't even finish it the first time. That's not true. No. If she's a 7 and I'm a 7, everything everything dropping is not 7s. Everything is dropping according to wherever we are in the game. Now, yes, if you're a 20 and you come and play with me, I think it tries to do it, but we could never get it to work consistently. It just didn't make any sense. In competition mode, you get stuff calibrated to your level. Wait, 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 wait. Is that the trick, Jimmy? Do you do you put it on competition mode so that you don't get your own unique loot drops and then does it always scale to your level? Is that true? I play with my cousin and his friends and they were high level than me in Borderlands 2 it was tough yeah if you play through Borderlands 2 with people that are over leveled they want to drag you through areas they're ruining your experience they're, 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 they might be good friends but they're certainly not good gamer friends that's a terrible way uh, to experience it um. um Hang on. To upload a short. Uh, Somewhere scheduled versus being immediately live, but it was still done through the mobile app. I'm pretty sure that's not true 
It just makes it so the loot is not instanced. Yeah, Borderlands 3 got an 81 Metacritic score and then gets a 5.3 from the users. Yeah, not surprising. Because the users didn't like it. The, the audience didn't like Borderlands 3. I don't see how that would work because if it's the same instance of loot and you are two different levels, then it would drop either too high or too low. I hope Tiny Tina's good. I didn't buy Borderlands 3. You didn't miss out on much. King Keys with the $5 tip. I bought both Ori's on my Series S. Looking forward to playing them during the holiday. You're in for a dadgum treat. I'm glad you're, you're, you're choosing to play both, by the way, King Keys. That's true, Lono. If you're talking about Borderlands 3, you can set it to drop level-appropriate loot. Where? Tell me. Tell me. I would love to do it. In the first playthrough, Distorted, you're telling me I can say... You need to always drop loot at my level. Where is that setting? I will literally start playing that game with my wife immediately. Well, we got, we're got we working our way through Downton. But we really liked playing that game together, but I can't play a game where everything dropping is under my level. It's infuriating. You're not... It's The whole the whole reason to play and look at loot and pick up loot goes away. All they are... Everything on the ground is a token. It's just a token that you go and you shove into a vending machine for money. That's all it is. If that's a setting in the game right now, that would be amazing. Because everyone's like, oh, just rush through and go to the second playthrough. Why would I want to do that? That doesn't even make any sense. I hated the villains. I enjoyed the game, but the villains were just meme machines. Yeah. They should have brought back Handsome Jack. They should have killed those villains in the first hour of the game and brought back Handsome Jack. They had an easy, easy way to do it. You kill Timothy Lawrence. They could have said that. Because you gave Handsome Jack a personal teleporter. And he could have personally teleported out in the room of the warrior when you were getting ready to kill him. And Timothy Lawrence would have been the one that you ended up killing. And Timothy Lawrence would have gone on some insane tirade about how he's the hero and he's not the villain. Because he wouldn't have known what was going on. He would have lost his grip on reality. But whatever. Years of complaints about this issue. That's the first person I've heard say that. If you are two different levels playing co-op, yes. I believe it's when you're in the main menu starting the game up. It's not a co-op issue. It's a single-player issue. Yeah, because if you're playing by yourself, Distorted, it would still do this. I had phone with the game. The story was just no... I don't like when you see people die and then they didn't die. Bring in Handsome Jack's son. But you would see him die, Jimmy. There is an actual death that takes place in the room of the warrior. And I'm telling you, it could have been Timothy Lawrence, his body double that you play as in the pre-sequel. Is it the pre-sequel? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, the pre-sequel. And Timothy Lawrence starts to lose his grip on reality in the recordings in the pre-sequel. So Timothy Lawrence could have scarred his face and wanted to be, you know, wanted to be in, in the game. They used Timothy for one of the DLCs, so that went out the window. Oh, wait, he's actually in a Borderlands 3 DLC? Yeah, well, frick. That was my theory. My theory was that Handsome Jack was still alive and that he used his personal teleporter to get away and swapped himself out in the chaos of the warrior fight, he swapped himself out with Timothy Lawrence. Which displays over your right shoulder? I recognize the Witcher one. Oh, this is Horizon Zero Dawn. That's a tall neck.
Would you recommend two over three if I wanted to do a playthrough with my girlfriend? We're halfway through It Takes Two, and I'm looking for a good second game. Never played Borderlands 3 co-op before. Um... I, I don't know. A Borderlands purist would recommend Borderlands 1 because they would say that the loot system in that game is better. It's also got great DLC because the Fort Knox DLC and the um, the zombie DLC are great. The Claptrap DLC is so fun too. Just so funny and really, really, and I, I think really entertaining. I don't know, man. Borderlands 1's a little rough around the edges with respect to like the gunplay, but it is just such a good game. The art style, the music, it's its just excellent. Um, if you're not going to do one, then yeah, I think Borderlands 2. Borderlands 3, minute-to-minute action is better than 2. The story is better in Borderlands 2, but yeah, the Borderlands 3 action is better. That is true. And the guns feel way better in Borderlands 3. They really do. They feel great. They, oh man, you get that, especially you get some of the Jacob's weapons. They feel so good in Borderlands 3. And Borderlands 2's got a great story. Great voice acting. You got Tiny Teeny, you got Handsome Jack, you got Claptrap, you got, uh, you got Sir Hammerlock. It's a great, great game. But the gameplay is a little bit, I would say, is better than Borderlands 3. I'm saying, I'm sorry, the Borderlands 3 gameplay is better. If you're only playing Halo, please let me know, and I will personally do everything in my power to make sure uh, they're banned for life. I'm bloodthirsty and fed up. Um, I don't know. What's the problem with that tweet, Paul? I mean, there's a whole discussion there, right, about, like, this kind of crap happens for everybody, and, you know, is it unique to them, or is it just whatever their breed of you know what I'm saying I've played games my whole life and gotten and heard all you know he's gonna start banning accounts well if they send definitive proof you know that's the thing I don't know why he would need to send that tweet doesn't Microsoft have like a really really good reporting system for that kind of nonsense and then they go and review your communications and they ban you I don't he doesn't need to send that tweet does he if you're playing Halo right now and some guy goes on a tirade and he uses slurs or or horrible things and says all these horrible things to you. Just report them. Microsoft's really good about that. They review your voice history and your chat history, and they ban people all the time. He doesn't need to puff out his chest and tweet like that. Microsoft's got a great system. They don't... The tweet's unnecessary. We're not talking about some little indie title where, like, a guy from the dev team is like, that's it. I'm gonna help everybody. All right. Give me the names of the accounts and I'll go research them on my own. You're, you're talking about a game that has a reporting system on the Microsoft platform, which is one of the more extreme platforms for ban enforcement of bad communication. It's all coming from this? Yes, and all that tweet... Oh. All that tweet is doing is profiting from hate. It's an impression farm that gets tons of clicks, views, and claps... And it's somebody else being hateful. Just report the account. It's 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 the hate raids all over again. Hey, you might get featured in a video on YouTube or Twitter if you uh you know shred somebody in voice chat in Halo. Let's let's make sure and, and get a video and impression farm this. I you know 
They have recordings of voice chat? Yeah. They can review your voice communications, Zubair. So if you go on some tirade and you rip into somebody, I'm fairly certain they can go back and listen to the things that you have said within a certain amount of time. They can't, like, go back to a game from three months ago, I don't think. But I think within... 72 hours or something? Thoughts on Submato getting eliminated from covering Borderlands? I don't remember how that went down. Was he the guy that showed stuff that was leaked? And then they like they shut down his channel or something. Did he end up getting his channel back? Is he still around? Yeah, Upper Echelon covered it two years ago. A tragic Borderlands 3 leak scapegoat. scapegoat the story of Supmato. To say this bluntly, what we have witnessed is a large publisher abusing the copyright system on YouTube. Yeah, he's gone. His cha- I don't see his channel anywhere. Yeah, Review Tech USA did a video on it. Submato's channel is gone two years ago. So he never he never got it back. He didn't win. Did he start a secondary channel called Submato Arc? No. Yeah, it looks like he's still gone. Yeah, Quartering covered it as well. 2K Game sends two goons to intimidate Borderlands 3 YouTuber Submato. Matto. Submato, Motto. I don't know how to say his name. They don't record voice chat anymore or they legally can't. That's really useful. I wondered how they verified things. Also, that wasn't me talking about the Dutch last game. That was someone else that just sounds like me who hates the Dutch. (laughs) Okay, Distorted found a thing for me. Uh... In Borderlands 3, though, Gearbox wants to make sure loot instancing doesn't just allow you to get more loot, but that loot that provides some balance to the game as well. That's why loot instancing in Borderlands 3 provides players with their own pool of items, all of which are scaled up to their current level. That's false. So how does this actually work? Well, say you're level 12 in Borderlands 3, and your friend just picked up the game, and you want to play with them. So you join their game, and when you join their game, your level and power will remain the same as part of Borderlands 3 unique level balancing system. From here, you can fight alongside your friend, taking down enemies and collecting loot along the way. Come to a rare chest but are afraid to open it because the loot won't be as high. Don't sweat it. With loot instancing, all the items that you find will be scaled to your level, which means you don't have to worry about picking up loot and let, uh, uh, you don't have to worry about picking up a bunch of useless guns along the way. Yeah, that's false. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I've, I, 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 month, months ago, months ago, played, months ago, played with my wife and it wasn't doing that. It was a big deal a few months ago. You have to agree to rec- uh, to record to use voice chat. I thought they changed that to a setting that you can toggle before you start the game. You might have turned it off. Why would I have turned it off? I 
I, I can't imagine I would have turned that off. I'm going to see if it's still installed on my Xbox Series X. No, it's not. I'm installing the game right now. I'm telling you right now that, that if that's a setting, you have to double check your main menu next time you boot it up. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm installing the game right now because I'm telling you, I am, I'm absolutely 100% telling you that that is not an option that I'm aware of. And I researched this and I had people coming in and talking to me about it. Borderlands 3 Guide. No, see, that's cooperation or competition or co-opetition. That's not what we're talking about. We were always on cooperation, so we each got our own drops. If that's the setting that you're talking about, it doesn't work because we always selected that. I never wanted to deal with Loot Ninja. My wife and I have always played it on cooperation. Unless it's another setting somewhere in a different menu, then no, we always had that setting turned to cooperation or cooop or whatever. Loot and cooperation mode is unique to you. Whenever a piece of loot spawns, uh, only you see that loot. Your fellow players will get their own loot. Each player gets loot appropriate to their character's level at the time. That's, yeah, it's false. That's the setting that we have always turned on, and it doesn't work. We get our own loot. We do. She can't steal my loot, and it's not at my level. We got to the second city, because you go up in the sanctuary plane or whatever, and then you go to the next city where it has, like, the the, the, the spinning tire vehicles. And the loot doesn't drop at your level. Now, read what it says. Each player gets loot drops appropriate to their character's level at the time. And in the first playthrough, at that time, the loot's level is not really determined by your character. It's also determined by by your progress through the game. Like, there's just certain areas that are capped. None of those enemies will ever go above a 12. They're always 12. Even though you're you're 15 because you did a bunch of side quests, they're 12. There was an entire area where we went to and we fought this big guy in an arena and the whole area was beneath our level because that area is set to that level. Their idea of appropriate to your level is two levels before below your level. No, no. When, when you go into your second playthrough, everything drops literally at your level. All of the side quests switch to your level. Like if you see a side quest and you're 15 and it's 15... And then you go to level 16, you go back to that side quest, and it switches to 16. The entire game scales with you on your second playthrough. I just want that in the first playthrough. They will go up if you progress the main story. That's not true. No. No. It's been tried and it's been tested. Certain areas are level capped. The enemies and the loot in those areas will never go up in the first playthrough. Never. I tried multiple times to see if it was if it just wasn't explained well in Borderlands 3. I even looked into how to manipulate files to manually set the option for loot to always scale to your level. Never actually resorted to going that way. I'm talking about your first playthrough. I'm not saying that it's always two levels beneath me, Eugene. I'm saying that that's commonly how far ahead you end up. 
it could be three or four levels beneath you you go to do a side quest area and everything's three or four levels beneath you and you're like what the frick they'll be around your level not exactly your level no it's not <laughs> no it's not around my level it's literally capped the one area it was so perfectly it just perfectly displayed how stupid it was we were 15 and the whole area and the and the area side quests were capped at like 12 and 13 and we were 15 we're like what the frick so we went through and then we got to the end and we fought the boss he automatically scaled 2 plus above us so instead of being 13 or 12 or whatever the area was since we were 15 he was 17 and the loot he dropped was 17 but then when we went to open up his epic chest it was 12s and 13s it's stu- it was so stupid it was like I don't understand <laughs> that right there put on full display how it doesn't work properly he's scaling to me why not have all the enemies and the loot scale to me as well the boss did and the loot he dropped did which was nice you get some good 17s you tuck them away and you save them you know oh ooh, that's a good one I'll save that for whenever I roll over that's what makes fighting a boss you know epic and exciting I just need to be able to go check a box that literally says, I want true Vault Hunter mode on the first playthrough. That's all I need. I need every quest, every side quest, every drop, every enemy to match my level, and I would be so dadgum happy. I'd be thrilled. I'd be thrilled. That'd be all I need. Just let me turn on true Vault Hunter mode in the first playthrough. I just need that checkbox, and I'd be happier than a pig and slop. I'd be thrilled. I never played true Vault Hunter mode in Borderlands 3 because Mayhem levels made it obsolete. I just like playing through the game with my wife. I am not an endgame grinder, Smooth Jazz. I'm not. I never did endgame grinding. My wife and I... My wife and I played through Borderlands 1 and all the DLCs, and then we played through Borderlands 2 and all the DLCs. And usually what we would do is we would do one complete playthrough of everything, and then we would do a second playthrough of everything, and then we would be done. That felt satisfying to us. And it was always frustrating on the first playthrough that if you do side quests, you end up overleveled. And I remember getting the Flame of the Firehawk and being like, why is it five levels beneath me? I had been doing side quests. So my very first legendary in the game was five levels behind me. That's not a very celebratory thing, is it? (laughs) Ding! (laughs) You're 13 and she hands you an eight shield. Like, what? If you do all the side quests and challenges, you outpace the drops. Drops do jump in level depending on how far you progress in the story, which is unfortunate, but I kind of get it. Well, not only that, it discourages you from going and doing the side quests. There's no reason to do them. Doing the side quest, it, it hits you from both sides. It ends up overleveling you, and the side quests are more commonly behind you in level. So the loot's worthless, the enemies are a joke, and it ends up overleveling you. Just massive dissonance in game design. What the frick are you doing? Just drop at my level (laughs) it's so frustrating because I love playing through those games with my wife it's so fun you know I really enjoyed playing through uh, you know Diablo with her with with seasonal content until we got to the later chapters of the season that were requiring us to uh, do things solo that was that was irritating it was like well why would I do this solo this is a game that you know largely centers around playing with other people you know but there we sat 
With Lost Ark coming in February, I don't need Diablo 4 at all. Um, yeah, Lost Ark's very different, though, than Diablo. I could see why you would say that, but they are very, very different. But lo- and, I enjoy- and I enjoyed Lost Ark way more than I thought I would. I thought it was going to be hard to enjoy that game, but it was. I thought I found it actually very, very easy to get into the content loop. I get that. Yeah, Diablo three with my girlfriend, super fun. Yeah, you're playing through Borderlands two on the Switch right now. Ignore half the game until you finish, and then start a new game. They thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Just don't do side quests. Oh, the other thing that they do. Oh, this is just so frustrating. So many things about that game are just brain dead stupid. There, there's the um, there's the map clearing aspect you can do. There's those there's those chests with like the letter on them. Is it like the letter T or something? And there's this sort of ongoing story about this guy and they're his chests or whatever. And um, if you find them on your first playthrough, they're gone on your second playthrough. <laughs> so if you play completionist and you want to find all those things on your first playthrough, they're gone on your second playthrough, which is when the loot from the chest would drop at your level. So if you do them during the first playthrough, you basically waste them. It's not like the, the, the game doesn't like fully reset on the second playthrough. I forget what's his name, Tyrone, I I don't remember his name. And he's got all these chests or whatever. Played Borderlands 3 at launch, but dropped because of the balancing shenanigans they started doing. Oh, like the, yeah. The late game balancing stuff? I didn't have any issue. I didn't have any issue with that. If you're on PC, you can get a save file with the max character. Hey, I don't want to do that. Because my one of us has to play on console, so that doesn't fix it. Typhon, yeah, 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 Typhon. Those are the giant cube and a character locked the Typhon chest in a giant cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you go and you and you get those, and then they're gone on your second playthrough. It stinks too, because when we started playing recently, like we picked characters we had never played with before, and it was like super enjoyable. It really was. We were having a good time. Like she, I think she was playing as Moe's, and uh, it was great. I mean, I appreciate you guys trying to help because the, the, the frustrating thing is you guys are going and reading a lot of the articles that 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 were why I was so frustrated. You're, you're, you are literally reading the press releases and the interviews that added to my frustration. It, it, it made me so angry. It was like you guys for weeks kept talking about how one of the frustrations that Borderlands players always had was this. Oh, we fixed it with loot scaling and loot instancing, and then it doesn't work on your first playthrough. Even if they gave you the option to start true Vault Hunter mode at level 25 or 30, I think if they added that option after you beat the game once. Yeah, maybe. 
Love too when they touted streamers being able to share loot, but after a week, chats had to beg streamers to open chests when they farmed boss. The fact that it was only chest based was so lame. It was such a cool idea though. It really was a cool idea. Why do they have to beg the streamers to open the chest? Were streamers like not opening chests because um were they not opening them because they wanted to save them or something? I didn't I don't remember that being a thing. I remember there being a guy who was streaming um an exploit and he was farming red chests for the audience and there were a lot of people that were complaining about that. Yes, they weren't, and also not extracting in the B-Lands BR mode thing. They only wanted the boss drops, and the chests didn't give those drops. Oh, so like they'd be like farming a boss, and they wouldn't want it. They wouldn't open the red chest. Okay, I understand. That makes sense. Yeah. Them being the streamers, so they would kill the boss, reload the save without opening the chest. Yeah. Well, I mean, with respect, you're just being a... I mean, I think you're a dumb streamer if you're doing that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So the 20 seconds that you're shaving off your run each time, but that would satisfy the audience. Like, you're kind of... like With respect, that's kind of an idiot move. (laughs) Well, no, I I can shave 20 seconds off the run, but instead of going over there and opening the chest, I can just reload the save. It's a good 20 seconds saved. It would cost you 20 seconds to really satisfy the audience. Doesn't the audience matter? Like, it's it, 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 unsurprising. I would be I would be amazed if those streamers did they have big followings? Because I wouldn't. Why would you support and watch somebody that's that, that's being that way? I can't be bothered to walk over there and open up that chest. <laughs> I need to reload my save. Is the streamer a newsie? It sounds like a newsie. <laughs> Hot out the presses here. <laughs> you gotta buy this for a nickel, see? <laughs> I just grab, I just have voices in my head. I just grab them and I just use them. You know what I mean? How long do you have to do that? How long do you have to do what? And they were the sponsored streamers, so yes. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is if we complain to Lono enough to get the Claymore, he'll de-edit. I did the one time! The one playthrough, I ended up getting it. That directory, oh, that directory is hilarious to me. So any streamer that plays the game is expected to open those chests for forever? Well, no, but... Eugene, if, if you're going into the room and farming the room and the chest is right there and it's 20 seconds to walk over and open it and you have an audience that would be happy for you to do that, 
to me it seems pretty brain dead to be like now nah, I'm not going to be bothered to go over there and do that if it was an, an, an inordinate amount of time sure I'm just farming the boss guys it's an extra 5 minutes to go and do that it's literally the boss dies and like over in a lot of the rooms literally it's like over in the corner is the red chest you just you just run over to it and open it we're, we're talking about 15 seconds maybe and it satisfies the audience it's not backseat gaming it's not telling you how to play or what weapon to use it's literally can you go open the chest in the corner of the room and we can all get excited about what we get <laughs> Seems like that would be part of the sponsorship. Yeah, like take care of the audience. Exactly. Like so many that the, the, the way that directory was handled was was hilarious, hilariously destructive, and I called it. I called it months before it happened. You guys remember? Everybody thought I was being petty and jealous, and I was like, the way they're treating this directory is not a good idea. And everybody just thought I was being petty and jealous, and I was like, no. I understand how directories work. I've watched them rise and fall. And this is a terrible way to start your directory. You're handpicking people to get a month of early access then a week of early access. And what you're basically trying to do is let people squat on the directory before it's built. And then you're paying people to play the game and they're all playing at the same time. So the directory literally looks like a walking freaking paid for billboard. Which is just a terrible look for the directory. And it ended up not working. Because the game wasn't that good. And since those people would only play if they were paid money from that point on, it turned into a very clear, from the public's perspective, why would I bother watching that game? They're all just being paid to play it. I'm a Borderlands fan, and I have all these gripes and complaints, and... The, the, the only time these people play it is when they're being paid money to. They're not loyal to the game. They're not trying to build a community. They're not trying to do community events. Terrible. It's terribly destructive. Those dudes, those dudes that helped helped bring that about, it was so, so, it was, bi- it was business, um, I wouldn't call it business savvy. It was very business, maybe sinister. They basically, it was all about them, which I guess you can't fault them. They made a ton of money and then walked away. And who, who the frick, well, they don't care. They don't care about that directory. You think a couple of millionaires care about a directory? They just squeezed for a bunch of money as well as squeezed Gearbox for a bunch of money and then just walk away? They don't care. Like, they don't give a crap. You notice they they weren't they were no longer uh, consulting with companies on how to handle directories anymore after that, right? <laughs> they weren't doing that anymore because because other game devs and the public and 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 purple paid attention. They were like, well, that was an absolute disaster. <laughs> and at the center of it, <laughs> at the center of it <laughs> was you know a lot of self centered consulting. <laughs> How many directories and games have you consulted since? Zero. (laughs) I was picturing everyone streaming always being expected to do this thing. Well, in general, there were streamers that, that farmed the red chests, and then there were streamers that would just open them when you came upon them. It wasn't an inconvenience to open them. It's like, like I said, it's like, it's like literally in the boss room. You know what I mean? It, it would be like, it would be akin 
to beating a strike boss and not walking over to the chest and grabbing the loot off the ground in Destiny. Like, like mere seconds of your life. <laughs> seconds of your life. You know, like, now the boss is dead. I got to reload the save because they, they're farming the boss for a drop. And I get it. I get it. People that farm a boss, they get into a rhythm and that's all they want to do. And so, but I was saying from a streamer's perspective, I'm thinking as a businessman, that's incredibly short-sighted. You're, you're literally giving people a reason to stop watching. No, I'm not doing that. No, you're basically saying if you want the loot drops, you're going to have to go watch someone else. And believe me, they will. (laughs) As a streamer, the last thing you should be doing is being like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that thing that takes 15 seconds because that's just not worth it, you know. You'll have to go to another stream for that. And they were probably perfectly happy to. Now, somebody might push back and say, well, the people that only watch for the drops aren't really loyal, so I don't care. Well, you could earn and and ingratiate their loyalty by doing something that they maybe like and that's a catalyst for them staying and then they might realize they like you they like your community they like your brand of humor right you're giving yourself a shot they're not going to stick around and give you a shot and ever be loyal if you're literally giving them a reason to leave like yeah I'm not doing that you'll have to go watch somebody else that's doing that it's bad to be all business on purple uh, where it's just gaming. Viewers aren't willing to jump in your business there because they're just playing games. So the less business-oriented you present yourself on the platform, the better. With respect and proof that you're wrong, no. <laughs> no. No. I was a top I was a top 1000 earner on the platform. I was making six figures and I and I made it very much business-oriented and crafted an experience for the user that they would enjoy and want to come back to. I didn't just treat it with this willy-nilly, like, well, I can't be all about business. I'm just here to play games. No. There's a reason I crushed the competition, because I didn't have that laissez-faire laid-back attitude. The workers win, always. The workers and the innovators win, every time. The the, the lazy and the phone-ins, they always wash away. I can't imagine acting like, well, yo, yo, don't be business oriented. I was, I was, I've presented myself very business oriented. I was always concerned with giving people an excellent show and concerned with like what they, what people wanted. Like I, I re, I restructured my entire content approach after I was at a conference and 75% of the people that shook my hand said the following, some form of this. I always lurk in your streams. I never say anything. You're part of my daily routine. And I was like, okay, the most committed, the most loyal, the people willing to travel to a conference, these these are the primo, these are the gold members of the community, even though they never say a word. They might not even be a paying sub. Doesn't matter. These people matter. They're super loyal. And what did I do? I started giving them more of what they wanted. It was more of a radio show, you know, curated. It was this thing. It was this experience. You were going to come and listen to this guy talk. Gameplay went way down in importance for me. Way down. And it became a value detriment. If I stopped talking and ran a raid, viewership went down. Have you seen how monetized the bigger streamers are? Unashamed about ads, promos, ETCs? Highly business-oriented. Yeah, yeah. 
One of the leading causes for streamers to not be successful on that platform is because they're lazy. That's one of the leading causes for a lack of success on that platform. Now, that's not the only cause. There, there's plenty of innovators and hard workers over there that struggle to grow and find success because the platform is top-heavy and overly saturated. Sure, one of the leading causes, though, for people losing their footing in a directory or losing viewership to the new and the hungry is because they don't innovate, they phone it in, and they're lazy. Do you know how many long-standing streamers in that directory I just blazed past because they were lazy? They didn't innovate, they would take lots of days off. Nah, I don't really feel like streaming today. Yeah, I'm just a little too tired. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Okay, cool. I will. I'll stream every dadgum day. Live at 7.30. Bam. Live at 7.30. Bam. Live at 7.30. Bam. Work, 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 work. And then all of a sudden, man, sunlight starts breaking. So many of the people on that platform, they're just lazy. They just want to play video games. Like, they don't, they don't understand the concept of, like, you're in the entertainment business and you want to sit in the corner with a camera and, like, shoot aliens and you think that's entertaining in and of itself. It's not. One of the main reasons, this is my theory, one of the main reasons that people don't innovate on that platform and one of the reasons they're on a trajectory of talent loss and having a talent drought, the reason they're going to have a talent drought is they put some of their worst, their worst examples of streamers first. They put some of the worst people in front of you when you come to the platform. Man, I can't wait to check out Horizon Forbidden West. It's going to be awesome. Who are you going to see? Some boring, giant Justin TV streamer with tons of viewers sitting there playing the game, periodically commentating. That's what everybody's going to see. And do you know what people did? They modeled their streams after that. Oh, this is insane. This guy's making tons of money and he's just sitting there playing a video game. I can do that. And so, like a terrible replicator machine it just starts spitting out mundane streamer after mundane streamer and they all wonder why they can't ascend past affiliate ship because you're modeling your content after the literal like fence post boring streamer that's up there because they got there early not because they're particularly entertaining and look at what happens to the entertainers look what happens to them they're leaving Tim the Tap Man. Doc was banned, but Doc's not over there. And Ludwig. The entertainers, the innovators, like the go-getters. The, the, the guys are just going to play video games. Like, they're killing your platform. They're killing your platform. They're the, wor- they're, they're the worst examples of, uh, of streamers because they're not doing anything particularly interesting. Do you want to know why so many people say, I don't get it. I don't get watching people play video games. I don't get live streaming. Do you want to know why? Because that's what they see when they go to a streaming platform. Some middle-aged white dude, you know, playing a video game. What the frick is this? They sit at the bottom or leave to other platforms. Yeah, that happens. Sure. I said, I said four years ago, this was four, maybe five years ago, that the purple platform needed talent scouts. They needed to be scouring directories, finding the workers, finding the hungry people, the talent, the people that are naturally born entertainers and start investing in them and they didn't do it. So now they have this top heavy 
volume driven platform that's over monetized and the only way they can make money is from people to live stream that platform is on a trajectory of talent drought and viewership decline just watch they're losing tournaments they're losing talent and and the and the contracts that they throw at their talent are terrible asking them to stream so much and run so many ads it's absolutely corrosive to enter live entertainment there are two things that are death to a live stream being entertaining. One is a burned out streamer who's streaming too much. You're going to murder their entertainment value because they're going to be grouchy and they're not going to be on their A game. They're going to be tired. The second thing is disrupting the stream. If you disrupt the live stream with what? Like ads. Those two things are a recipe for d- disaster. You're asking your top talent to sign contracts that will have them streaming more than they want to, which leads to burnout, which leads to tired streamers, which leads to lower entertainment value, and you're having them run lots of ads. Like, what an absolutely terrible cocktail. They, they, you couldn't come up with a worse plan. If you sat in a room and you said, what, what can we come up with that is like the worst plan, the worst cocktail to, to, to ch- how to treat our top talent? You couldn't come up with the worst plan. The winter contingency event in Halo is live now from December 21st to the 4th. Why wouldn't they give us a heads up on this? You literally just shove this out right now. I guess we'll cover it tomorrow and play a little bit in the afternoon. too late in the day to cover it it'd have been nice if we would have had a heads up we would have covered that today with a thumbnail and gameplay Diablo 4 have to be cancelled and they should move people to focus on the Diablo 2 Resurrection expansion well that's not happening they just said they're playtesting a significant milestone build of Diablo 4 so that's not happening Which will lead to less money long term. That's right. Dan so phoned in, it's kind of hilarious. Listen, here's the thing, Eugene. I don't have anything against guys like that. I don't have anything against guys like that. He's he's doing exactly what he should do. He doesn't need to innovate. Why would he stress himself out and experiment or try new things or, you know, potentially hurt viewership thresholds and stuff? No, just you keep doing the same thing, homie. You're, you're making a killing. Good for you. Good, good for you. Seriously, big contracts, big money to sit there and and uh, and do very little. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, is that Purple is structured in a way where he and others like him are the primary people that get shoved in your face when you come to the platform, and. There is no way that the lion's share of the new users you're hoping to acquire on that platform are going to be interested in him. I, that's not an insult. I'm just here to tell you. Do you think my nephews would watch a guy like that for more than 60 seconds? No. They'd be like, what the frick is this? This guy's boring as a fence post. And they'd move on. And then the harder it is, you make it for them to find some. Think about that too. 
with the ad saturation on the platform, if they decide they don't like him and they want to go watch somebody else play a new game or whatever, guess what they're going to get hit with? An ad. I'm telling you, that platform is just, they, they've, they, it's, it's going to, it doesn't look like it now. It certainly doesn't look like it now. When you look at the reports, sure, their viewership is crazy. They have the lion's share of the, of the live streaming saturation. But my gosh, is that platform set up to fold in on itself? It is just totally set up to fold in on itself, long term. Five or ten years. It just I don't think it's I don't think it's long for this world. I don't. He can do his thing, he has an audience for a reason. Right. You, you, you know what you're getting, and he was there really, really early on. You know. Co is a very similar style, right? Very chill, completionist, not not high entertainment value, but you know what you're gonna get when you tune in. Do you think he's the best person to put in front of every person that comes to the platform? Probably not, but that's who you get. And I'm sure he loves the ad revenue on the launch day of a game, but I don't think your new user acquisition does. What do we need a heads up on? The winter contingency event in Halo, they just shoved it out. Like, there was no announcement about when it was going live, what dates it was going to start. I mean, we could have banked on it, because it is Tuesday. We could have banked on it and, like, guessed, but I I don't want to do that with my live show. Make a thumbnail title description, be like, yeah, the winter contingency event is is probably today, maybe, hopefully. (laughs) And then it doesn't happen and we look like idiots. The people I watch play games are the ones that don't shut up. (laughs) Thanks, Zubair. It's like watching paint dry. There was a trailer yesterday. It didn't have a date, though, Sven. I don't think it did, because I think we watched it. Or at least we pulled up the artwork. I don't think it had a date. If it had a date, well, then that's on us. We totally swung and missed. Oh, they literally tweeted and said tomorrow at 6.38. Oh, we had already planned our day, and I missed that. Because we were... We were doing... We had... We had I couldn't pay attention to things last night. I had I had a phone call coming in about what's happening this week for the holidays. So I was very distracted. And then when I came downstairs, I didn't think to go check Twitter for announcements. And so, yeah, that's a shame that we missed that. That would have been a real easy dunker. Because tomorrow it won't have nearly the pull. Well, I suppose it might work in our favor. It's 24 hours for the community to uh, enjoy or criticize it. Tomorrow's a skin unlock, so maybe just uh, still some pull. Today is just an emblem. So it's t- is it time-gated? Okay. I think it'll be fine tomorrow. P- people have their opinions. We are very much like the 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 next day breakdown channel. We don't always need to be on the front of the wave. A lot of times people like coming here to hear like, okay, what do you think, Lono? I played it. I think the time gating is stupid or I think the game modes are awesome or whatever. Like that is true. We are very much like the day after breakdown. One level a day. The next Halo 
free event starts next week. Winter contingency, December 21st to January 4th. Play a game each day for free rewards. Okay. They've been very clear it's an item per day. You, sure, that doesn't mean people are going to like it. Purple is so frustrating to discover new people to watch. I have to sit through a 30 second ad every time I click on a new stream. Like, you just have to see what that looks like long term. So they've been very open about this. The Purple platform has a big struggle with new user acquisition because it's really hard to convince people to make an account and stick around because you kind of don't have to. Like, I'm not logged in on the account and I can kind of peruse and look at stuff, but when I do, it's obnoxious. It's obnoxious. I actually like some uh, ASMR content, and back when it was a big discussion point about the ASMR on Purple, I went and tried to watch a couple of streams to see, uh, is there anybody over there actually doing genuine ASMR, or are they all just licking microphones with their butt hanging out, right? And it was so annoying. I think I ended up watching two streams, and I was like, I'm not doing this again. It's just, it's a, every time you click on a stream, it was like, three ads, three ads, three ads. I was like, I, I was just wanting to see if there's anybody over here actually creating genuine ASMR, or are they all just licking an ear for, you know, little prepubescent teens? And I, I couldn't do it. It was so irritating. It was like, imagine if I was a reporter. Imagine if I was a reporter and I went over there to research that. That would have been so irritating. It would been like, well, I guess I'll write a report on how horrendous the ad saturation is over here. I can't even watch streams. As a user, a huge problem with purple is the permabans. They now punish the streamers for not modifying, mod- moderating their chat room. So basically, if you say anything out of line... And they don't just and and they don't like what you say. It's a permaban. What do you wait? Hang on a second, Andrew. So you're saying a streamer permabanning you is a problem? You're saying streamers shouldn't be able to do that? Am I understanding what you're saying? You're saying if you say anything out of line or they don't like what you say, it's a permaban. You mean a permaban from their chat or a permaban from the platform? Taking away ad-free viewing was a mistake. Yeah, well. That's because yeah. That's wrapped up in that's wrapped up in Amazon. Permaban from the streamer's chat. I mean, homie, I don't understand. That that's some so let's try to flesh out what you're saying here. Are you are you saying that you're saying that's a turnoff to visitors so that what would be the solution then? A streamer can't permaban you? You're trying to enjoy a stream. You say something out of line. You get permabans. No timeout. Right. Every every channel and moderators are different. We got to a point where we were a lot more tolerant of people because we wanted people to come in and disagree with me. So we were a lot more tolerant of people. We did it in this way. We did a warning. Warning. Timeout. Perma. So you'd get a warning. Hey, chill with the insults. And if they did, if they if they chilled, cool, great. Hey, chill with the insults, and they do it again. Hit them with a timeout. Maybe that's like a splash of cold water on their face. Maybe they'll relax. Usually, if you went from a warning to a timeout, it was going to end in a perma because they'll come back from the timeout and they'll be raging mad. But we still gave people that opportunity. Warning, warning, timeout, perma. Every channel is different, though. 
if somebody's going to ban you because you said I like to eat pickles on Fridays and they're like incensed that 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 you would say such a horrible thing and they perma ban you. I mean that that's their choice as a streamer. They're not going to be a very successful streamer though if they're banning people for such minor offenses. Generally speaking, you know, 8 out of 10 streamers are only going to perma ban you for something that you probably deserve to be perma banned for. Hey, don't say nasty, mean or hateful stuff. And you're like Hi, I'm new here. I'm going to say a bunch of nasty, mean, and hateful stuff. And then you get permaban. You're like, surprise Pikachu face. Like, what do you, what do you, you did what, they don't want you to do that. It, 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 it naturally works itself out because like, generally speaking, a streamer doesn't want to run people out. They want viewers. So if a streamer or their moderators are permabanning you, it generally means that you've crossed a line that they, they don't want crossed. Uh, hang on. Nice. You think you can enter a semi-private place and just view whatever you want? Yeah, I mean, there are people like that, though. I don't think they're jumping to conclusions, Alarian. We've been doing this a long time. You, you, Eugene's been with me for a long time, and we ran into this all of the time. People would come in and say nasty stuff and get banned, and they would think, like, this is censorship or whatever. And people, my, my free speech, my free speech, like those guys. Generally speaking, purple is extremely unclear on what they consider to be a bannable offense, whereas YouTube streams are much more open. Well, but it's person to person. Like, every streamer can determine what they want in their chat. Like, I don't think they can let you come in and say, like, what the what all the you know the, the the cliche ones would be you can't say something nasty about a person's like race or something and the streamer's like no it's funny haha i don't care like i i think i think that's when purple would get involved and they would say you've re- you've been reported and based on your chat history we're banning you that's different than a streamer being like hey man you just called everybody in here idiots and when we asked you to stop you called everybody a bunch of chode smacks and then, and then you're gone, you're banned. Well, you didn't say anything that is against, like, the purple terms of service, but you upset the streamer in their community enough to get bopped. The Diablo 4 Paragon system seems pretty cool. I actually thought it looked really cool, Warfighter. I liked the idea. My question is, is it eternally open-ended? Or does it have an end point? Yeah. The purple platform and YouTube have nothing to do with a streamer banning you. If a streamer or a streamer's mods ban you, you you crossed some proverbial line that they don't want people crossing. Like you could literally go in to a stream and say, "Oh, you solved this puzzle by hitting the red switch first, and you get permed." Why? Cuz they don't want to suffer you. They don't want to listen to you. They don't want to have your backseat gaming. They shouldn't have to tell you that. It's probably blazoned on the stream. It's probably in the chat room. Please no spoilers. Please no spoilers. Please no backseat gaming. And you walk in the room like, oh man, it's crazy. All you got to do is hit that red switch. Oh, and then when you're done with this mission, yeah, the the main character, Hank, that's your best friend, he dies. Like, they're going to perma you.
Have you banned on YouTube since you moved here? Yeah, we we ban people. We ban people every day. It's pro- we probably average one to two one to two bans a day, not per stream. About once a day, sometimes twice. We have to permanently ban somebody. Yes. It's usually just somebody who's just being a jerk. They're either they're either having a go at me or they're a troll or they're having a go at somebody in chat and when we ask them to chill they don't. Um They have a cat lovers bundle and a pizza piece of pizza bling for the guns. These items are hilarious. From Fridays are fruitful. That is true. We get we 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 actually make up the week's quota on Friday because we we get a lot of the backseat gamers in uh, for Sekiro or Dark Souls. Although I think I handled the, the the backseat gamers this last week in Sekiro a lot better. I told the guy I was like, "What do you mean? Like I'm new to the game. Like I'm playing in my way." And he and he realized and he apologized and chilled. Like. I just tried to show him, like, you gotta understand, like, you're coming in with these expectations as a super experienced player, and I, you know, this is my first playthrough. And he actually chilled out and he hung out the rest of the stream. So I'm doing my best to win over, win them over, win over the Dark Souls backseat gamers, because a lot of the times I think they mean well, and we, we tend to, and I tend to just jump down their throat because I'm irritated. Social media and the internet has given people the impression that others have to deal with their nonsense. Right, yeah. There is so much Borderlands stuff that has to download. Like, Moxie's uh, Handsome Jackpot. We got... uh, It's downloading an 11 gig DLC right now, Bounty of Blood. I, I, I really wish that we could play and enjoy all of this. I really do. I wish we could, because it looks dope. Souls community is way too back CD in general. Here's the problem, near. I don't know if they're back CD. What I think they are is... They're, it's, like a, it's like a Voltron made up of a bunch of old men that are like really really good at a particular thing and because they're really good at that particular thing they just can't help but be like why would you do it that way you know how old men can get that way like grandpas and grandmas can get that way well why on earth would you do it that way just do it this way because they're an expert or they're they're, maybe that's something that they're good at maybe they're a carpenter or something and so it's just really, really hard for them because the games have been out for so long and they're so experienced in them. They bring that schema of experience to the stream and anything that is like out of step with how they would do it, it's almost like an offense to them. They're like, what are you doing? And they don't know like, well, this is the first time he's ever been in this area. He's literally never touched the game before. So I try to, what I try to do is I try to get under their presupposition and be like listen I know you're an expert and you finessed every fight in here this is my first time so enjoy my clumsiness rather than trying to like smooth my rough edges with the with the rigidity of your experience that's what I try to do 
because the last couple of times I realized like it, it'd be better to win these people over for Elden Ring and all the things we want to do with From Friday than just smack them across the mouth every time they come in like you know now some guys don't get the clue and I gotta tell them to shut up I'm like dude just shut up <laughs> like some guys have to be you know you gotta give them the 2 by 4 treatment and it might rattle them it might ring their bell enough that they chill out but generally speaking we you know we we uh I've been trying to win them over just by being like, man, you're going to have to be patient with me, bro. It's my first time through. Like, you're going to have to let me kind of find my way. Enjoy it. Like, I don't know that there's some guy gonna, that's going to go, whoop, and he's going to hit me on the roof. Like, enjoy it. Literally, my grandpa, he's exactly like that. The only uh, right way was his way. Granted, he was more often than not right. Just not every time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, it, Takashi, where you're from, is it like I would I would imagine from the little bit that I know, there's a lot of tradition and honor and you thinking in the realm of like honor and shame, right? And so it would be an honorable and traditional thing to do it the way that Grandpa did it, and it would be weird or shameful to do it in another way, right? To break tradition or to do it in a in a in a new way would be considered wrong or shameful because that there. That's not that's not necessarily true in the West. The West doesn't really care much about tradition. The West is more concerned with innovation and results. <clears throat> They're exactly like that when you say he's only got ten hours. They generally uh, shut up real quick. Yeah, yeah. We've I've noticed that Eugene. Like if you tell them, like, look, homie, it's his it's his very first time playing through this. They do. They tend to relax. They're like, oh, oh, okay. Because think about it. In their mind, it says from Friday, and it's from software, and Elden Ring's coming, and you're seeing some guy play through Sekiro. You're like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> what are you What are you doing? I've noticed that, too. The, 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 the from software homies, they do tend to chill out real quick when they learn it's like your first playthrough. They're almost like, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> They're like, oh, bless your heart, you poor thing. You'll be fine. You know, they uh, they chill out a little bit. Yeah, to not grab the claymore. That guy was such a meme. I love I love that that guy that day has given us a permanent meme. It's just hilarious. It's just hilarious. It's wonderful. Oh, you're only half Japanese. Well, he it, yeah, your grandpa is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't spend much time on uh, we didn't spend much time on Diablo 4. Um, <laughs> we didn't spend much time on it. But it was still an enjoyable stream nonetheless. We do have a premiere today over on Presents, and you guys have been awesome supporting these premieres. Yesterday's video did very well. Um, it did very well. It was the one about uh, Jake Lucky leaving esports talk. Oh, wow. That video has picked up steam all of a sudden. What in the world? Okay, cool. Um, Today's video is premiering in a little bit. It's about Neymar signing with Facebook Gaming. Um, So we really appreciate you guys heading over there. We'll be going over there in just a moment. And um, our YouTube manager, our YouTube partner manager was like, listen, man, you got to lean on your audience. And you guys have been super, super helpful with that, like heading over and supporting these videos. They are a little bit shorter now. They're only eight minutes long instead of the ones that I had been doing that were like 10 to 15 minutes long. And uh, 
the early conclusion of the Say No to Rage story will hit Thursday and I explain like why we're ending the story early, what we had planned that we're not going to get to do and and what we're going to be focusing on and how that, that channel is going to shift a little bit. It's going to have a real sharp shift in January and that'll make sense when we get there. But for now, it's going to mostly be commentary on esports uh, or content creators or the content platforms. Um, so people like my video what's wrong with people well this morning it was okay and it looks like it suddenly got wind like it suddenly it got like um it suddenly got some traction today that happens with videos like all of a sudden a video like gets an uptick and it's it's usually yeah yeah so starting this morning starting at eight o'clock this morning it got an uptick it it was at like a 1.6 and now it's at almost a 2.6 it's almost doubled its viewership just this morning just all of a sudden it just it just took off i don't know why youtube grabbed it and put it somewhere i'm assuming i'm assuming um let's see is neymar neymar fan no neymar does he have Uh, does he have a Twitter account? The soccer player. Neymar Jr. maybe? It doesn't look, does it, it doesn't look like he has an official Twitter account. The YouTube algorithm is a benevolent god. <laughs> what size are these disc plates? These are the large. There's medium, large, and extra large. So there's no such thing as a small. So these are large. Mediums are a little too small in my opinion. And um, the extra large breaks it apart into uh, breaks it apart into like four pieces. Oh, thank you for finding him. Paul. Yeah, it's literally Neymar Jr. It's so funny. I searched for Neymar Jr. and he didn't come up in the results as a verified user. Um, uh, Neymar joins Facebook Gaming. Okay. I will give you guys a link to this in just a second. It's actually interesting because they didn't secure him for very long, so that's the one of the more interesting parts of the video. Um, is that they didn't secure him for super long. I'm gonna make you go watch the video to figure out uh, what that means. Thank you, MJ. You found him as well. Thank you. Yeah, it's just Neymar Jr. And he's verified. I literally searched for Neymar Jr. and it didn't find him. It found a bunch of other people. Yeah, the footballer. The footballer. Um, okay. Let me give you guys a link. And when you guys get over there, I will immediately premiere the video. I'll immediately premiere the video. 
Um, let me switch back to me. Five ten, yeah. All right, let me end the poll here. How many results did we get on this poll? Five forty-two. Yeah, this just wasn't a strong starter. That's okay. That's okay. Maybe the closer we get to Diablo Four, it'll be a, it'll be a stronger. It'll have stronger pull. Um. Okay. Alright, so the link is in chat. That is where we are heading. Uh, That is what we are going to be watching for the next 8 minutes, and it's really super duper helpful whenever you guys uh, support these premieres. Um, It's super helpful. Like, you've been hanging out with me all day. Give me 8 more minutes of your time. Alright? I'll see you guys over there. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you for more coverage tomorrow, and we'll take a look at that Halo Winter event tomorrow. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you over there at the premiere.